This week on Retronauts, Dojo, Casino, it's all in the mind. Hey everybody, this is Bob Mackey for Retronauts episode 17. I'm your host, and let's talk about who's with me today. First, Ray Barnholt. And who are you, Ray? Well, I'm your friend. You're my best um, friend. Yeah. Wait, no, I can't take that title. Mm. I'm one of your good friends. Yeah, sure. Got it. Okay, that's fine. And uh, <laughs> who else do we have? Hi, I'm Christian Nutt, Gama Sutra's blog director. And I have to apologize for Christian. We should have had you on much earlier than this. But, uh, I mean, you were sort of a semi-retronauts regular, right? Yeah, I, I'd like to go on a lot. It was easy when it was down the street. Now I am yeah. a curmudgeon, and I live in the East Bay, so it becomes complicated. The East Bay <laughs> is for curmudgeons. That's why, that's why I live there. <laughs> and if you're sitting at home wondering, why haven't they invited me on yet? We're getting to it. Don't worry. And so, who do we have on Skype today? The usual pox upon humanity, Jeremy Parrish. Wow. Oh. Is that a self-inflicted uh, title, or is that just, uh, have you been reading NeoGAF? <laughs> oh. Poor John. That'll... Okay, I got it. Wow, I hope they're not talking about us. I wouldn't really want to know. So, today's episode is going to be all about the Parappa series, and this is something I wanted to do for a while. I don't know why I never got around to doing it, but actually... It's I worth listened. it. It is worth it, yeah. Definitely. You have a mental block against PS1 games being retro. <laughs> oh, that's on. not me. That's not me. Yeah. Yeah. Some people do, but uh, this is this is officially retro in my opinion. But yeah, it is. I also have to give credit to uh, Brett Elston's VG Empire podcast because they just had a Parappa and Lammy episode. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I wanted to do a Parappa episode. So that they sort of inspired this, even though... The idea was floating around in my head for a while. So thanks yeah. a lot, guys. Yeah, and, that, um, that's really interesting. Usually when there's something I've wanted to do and then someone else does it, I get really sullen and I'm like, damn it, <laughs> I should have acted sooner. But you just jumped right on it. You're not worried about it. I admire it. Well, that. I did beat myself up for a bit, but uh, <laughs> we're all good now. So you might hear some of the same, uh, I guess, the same statements and evaluations of the games between our two podcasts. That's completely coincidental. I mean, we are we are both uh, smart people, and we both will probably jump to the same conclusions about both games. Yeah, so, I don't even listen to podcasts, so I have no idea what they said. Let's talk about Parappa, guys. First of all, what is Parappa the Rapper? Well, it's kind of the first modern music game in a way. Would Would you agree? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I do. I mean, music games came around before Parappa, but I think Parappa, yeah. if it didn't pioneer the kind of scrolling line of notes or commands you have to hit, it sort of made it the the main means of like the grammar of music games if you want to call it that i also think that what it did was bring the creativity of like art and music together like original music original art like right right and and i don't know exactly when beatmania came out if it was earlier pretty but... much around the same time yeah, yeah it's like these these things sort of all happen in their own like bubbles around the same time obviously things were uh, inspired by Parappa later like mm -hmm. really inspired oh, but yeah. Towards the late 90s, we started getting, like, plastic instrument games, and Parappa was popping around at the same time, so, yeah, it was a weird, like, uh, like technology was finally making this, you know, this thing possible, so these <laughs> games were starting to be developed. I, I want to say that Parappa oh, was to video games what Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer video was to music videos, which is, like, this <laughs> crazy synthesis of cool art and design ideas that seemed like it was going to be the wave of the future and that no one really bothered to capitalize on and that kind of exists as this sort of unique gem that uh, has gone tragically unimitated. 
I right. would even go so far as to say that's kind of what the PlayStation 1 era was in general. Like, I think that the PlayStation 1 era was this moment where huge amounts of creativity, especially in Japan where they were using people, and we'll talk about this in specific with Parappa, who were not game industry people or not solely game industry people. Oh, yeah, people, definitely. Were doing creative and interesting things. And then, like, video games won and took over until again recently when that people are flooding back in right because like for the years before that it was just basically just sort of people being stranded in like the multimedia world and on pcs and where everything is sort of disparate in different formats and then you have finally have gabriel's explorer one (laughs) yes and then you finally have game consoles getting cd-roms and then you know those people sort of migrate over there hey uh jeremy can you give some information about that peter gabriel thing because i barely know about it what what is this uh, is it a cd-rom project or something like that yeah i don't even really know that much about it um it was you know something he did in the mid 90s because peter gabriel was always from the very beginning interested in sort of the synthesis of art and music and technology and so it was basically like kind of like a make your own music video but not really it was more like create your own remixes of his songs um it was you know kind of a macintosh multimedia project if you put down two thousand dollars for a cd-rom system well here's something exactly. more besides mist um well <laughs> oh, actually it was it was an interesting idea but you know like pretty much everything from that era it suffers from being tied to windows 3.1 and OS Mac <laughs> OS 7.1 is just very very limited but yep. like there's a there's a kind of cool idea there and i think that the kind of the breaking things out into multiple tracks uh, is something that you know eventually became popular in video games with the sort of things like rock band and, and guitar hero where they took that concept of you know sort of like the virtual music mixer and turned it into more of a video game and less of like a here's a little pc toy you can play around with until you get bored with it Christian. I was just going to say that, I mean, this is something I was going to bring up anyway, so this is a good time as any. Like, the 1990s multimedia culture is something that, like, nobody really thinks about too much anymore. Like, the. (laughs) And it was actually a big deal at the time. I think a lot of people who weren't around at the time have no idea this even existed. And, I mean, even, like, the CDI was sort of part of this. Like, you know, there was this idea that CD ROMs were going to enable the synthesis of, like, art, music, culture digital stuff like even before the web and like people like serious artists like peter gabriel or whatever were trying to explore these horizons and i actually make a really cool retro if you could find some people who know a lot about this uh i was talking to uh, uh brian sigerson of image and form and he like lived in tokyo in the 90s and did oh. like <laughs> multimedia this is the steam world dig guys uh, oh okay cool great he, game by uh, the way he uh, yeah no it's fantastic uh but yeah, he was in like the Tokyo multimedia culture in the nineties yeah, wow. and doing CD ROMs and like it was a big thing. I mean, if you go back and read like nineties era issues of Wired, which is like when it came out and like I had a subscription then, there was like they were all over this as like the wave yeah. of the digital future and like it's completely forgotten and it did infect games. Like when I say games, I mean like video games as we think of them, console games and stuff, but not a lot and well, those people didn't disappear, obviously, if, like, specifically an example of Brian from Image Inform and other people filtered back in, and it, it didn't, it didn't form the PC games at the time, like, you know, kind of like the San Francisco digital culture, like the last, it was last Express, the, uh... Sure. Yeah, that was Jordan the... Jordan Mechner? Yeah, the, um, the Mechner game. Jordan It's Mechner. kind of out of that, yeah, sort of, that's a, that's sort of a touch point of the same culture, but in a game form, and mm-hmm. I don't know, anyway, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think most of, you know, what people remember from that era in terms of video games 
are things like crisscross make my video and that sort of thing, which, you know, like <laughs> they, they were very crass and, and commercial focused, but there was, you're right, there was this sort of not really, I guess, tangential to video games, this sort of multimedia, you know, like everything is going to be possible now because we have 600 megabytes of space to put put information on on these shiny silver discs. Right. Like that we can do everything. Time. And it was very uh, yeah. much tied to that whole... Uh, mid '90s Wired magazine, like the future is amazing, the Clinton era is golden, everything's going to be wonderful, and you know <laughs> Man, all you, of that. You guys really, are hitting really on so many. Um, yeah, you well, guys are really hitting on so many things we're going to be talking about. So, yeah, mind if we move on to I'll the say one last thing? Oh, go for it. Nana Ansha, we're going to get there. I'm right. sure was part of this culture. So actually, Parappa is a straight line to Parappa. Awesome. Yes. So let's talk about the people behind Parappa, and I just want to let you guys know. I think we're going to eventually do a rhythm game episode. I don't think we've done that yet. So not too much about rhythm games in general. Just want to let you know that this is sort of the first modern rhythm game. But uh, the people behind Parappa. Let's start with Masaya Matsura. Uh, he is a, an interesting character. He found success pretty early in life by founding the experimental rock band Psy S. And there's a little circle character between the Psy and the S. I'm not sure if you pronounce that or if you stop or there's a pause. It's I don't a, know. It's a bullet. Yeah. So you just make a little gunshot noise between the Psy and the S. You'll Psy. be fine. S. Yes. Wow. Now you sound like a like a game development studio logo or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he started that band in 1983. I'll edit in a clip of their music here. And uh, Matsura played a keyboard, guitar, and bass, and to this day, this this band is still releasing albums. So this band has been around for 30 years. And from what I heard, oh, wow. um, in the 80s, they were pretty big in Japan. Like, he's sort of a, like, the Peter Gabriel figure, but maybe in Japan, you know? It's just like, hmm. I'm a music guy, I want to mess around with multimedia. And that's what he did. He founded uh, Nana Ansha, which I think means, like, seven notes or seven tones or something like that. And I, I think Yeah, just, seven sound company. Seven, yeah. Right. And I think uh, the, the story behind that is he just wanted a memorable name for a company. There's no, nothing really more to it outside of the music connection. You gotta play the logo now, like the na 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 I'll do that right now. So their first game before Parappa was the Pippin title, Tune and Glue, right. which came out in 1996. I mean, oh God, that was in every house, right? We all played Tune and Glue. We had the Happy Meal toys. Has <laughs> anyone else on this podcast played Pippin? Because I played it in yeah. E3 1997. Jeremy, no, I, what's your I'm, Pippin knowledge? My, my Pippin knowledge is mostly secondhand uh, as, a, as a Mac devotee in the 90s, thinking, right. Uh, wow, this seems like a really bad idea. I mean, seriously, like a PowerPC 603E and a console? Is that really a good idea, guys? And uh, mm. kind of wanting to play it because there was a special edition of Bungie's Marathon that came out just for that system called Super Marathon, but that was it. That's all I know. Just yeah. that it was expensive and, and a bad idea. And yeah. it was another outgrowth of this idea that multimedia, like the best way to multimedia was to put a yeah. sort of a Macintosh. If, if ever the there were on. a magazine that said, or a, a, a game console that said, I am an outshoot of Wired magazine circa 1995, it was <laughs> Pippin. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? Scotty Pippin should have been their spokesperson. They really missed that uh, bus. <laughs> and plus it Pippen. goes it goes right back to what we were just talking about. You know, Tokyo in the early 90s is like, it. all those guys were big Mac heads and they were designing all these things on Macs as well. So you have something that 
the Pippin basically is a Mac, and so you just have something that's you know easy to grasp from a developer standpoint, I suppose. And right. You just go for that. So what is Tune & Glue? Well, I'll include a video and an article about it on our blog, Retronauts.com. But in case you didn't know, and I didn't know about this, it's sort of a rudimentary version of GarageBand. Mm -hmm. And uh, it actually reminds me a little bit more of MTV Music Video Gen... Is it MTV Music Generator? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it looks kind of like that, but a really rudimentary form. Like, I think it comes loaded with uh, drum loops and samples and things like that. It has a very, like, toy-like interface, and you sort of stitch these samples together. And so that he was sort of playing the seeds for Parappa, which would use a lot of track switching, a lot of samples and things like that. But this was sort of the, his first experiment with... Um, with music and I actually I, that's sort of like not true because he developed games before Nana Ansha but I just wanted to talk about his work with Nana Ansha and in I fact I have a PC Engine game he did the music for it I cannot remember the oh. title oh okay it's a shooter it's like yeah, a 2D shooter I, I did see that I bought it because his well okay Brandon Sheffield <laughs> found it and said like hey Masaya Matsura's face is on the back of this <laughs> game I should buy it and, uh, and then I did the same thing after he told me about that yeah I did see that I'll, I'll, I'll include a link to that on the blog as well but um so, just overall about Masai Matsura, like, he seems like a creative type that's not really cut out for the crassness of mass market entertainment, even though he was a musician. And I, and I sort of like mm -hmm. reading interviews with him and reading about him. He sort of reminds me of, like, Kaita Takahashi from Katamari Damashi and Fumito Ueda from Aiko and Shadow of the Colossus and that they're, they're more artists than they are, you know... Businessmen or Ino. marketers or Kenji Ino, exactly. Yeah, yeah like who is they, a fantastic musician, was a fantastic yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Kenji Ino, definitely. But they are more artists, not cut out for sort of the crassness and the sort of the capitalistic nature of you know mashing art and commerce together to make a product. <laughs> and uh, that's sort of how, how I got uh, my impression from uh, of Masaya Matsura. I don't know if you guys agree or not, if you've read much about him. I definitely, uh, well, okay, so he, he spoke at, not spoke, that's like the wrong word. He did a presentation at Dice a few years ago. And it was like one of the best things I've ever seen at a conference. Instead of talking about like, you know, like this is how you should... Well, he did talk about this is how you should make games. But then he gave, like ended it with a concert with dancing robots. That is you that's know, amazing. Like, that, <laughs> is, that is Masaya Matsu. That <laughs> makes GDC worth the cost of admission, dancing yeah. robots. It was fantastic. So moving on to the other guy <laughs> in wait, wait, the on, Parappa on. team. I oh, go ahead. And the PC Engine game that Matsura uh, did a, uh, a soundtrack for was called Metamore Jupiter. Which I have yes. never heard of. Yes. We will drop Digging music way into in the obscurity. Yeah, we'll drop some music for that game in here. But so the next guy, uh, as part of the sorry, I almost called it Carappa. That's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. As part of the Parappa team uh, is Rodney Allen Greenblatt. Who is that? Well, he's a graphic artist and abstract painter. You might have seen his work on They Might Be Giants debut album if you're around our age. And yeah, still the best one. Yeah, which is hilarious because I went back after like in, in the '90s, like I'd seen that art a million times, and then like yeah. someone pointed that out in an article, and I went like, "Holy shit!" Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? I put it together post Parappa. So there's a secret Parappa connection if you enjoy that album, and you should for Christ's sake. I mean. Come on, it's great. Uh, so Rodney Allen Greenblatt got pulled into the Parappa project because he was working with Sony on marketing art and product designs, but he previously worked on CD-ROM, here we go again, multimedia projects, like uh, one, one is called Dazzleoids, CD-ROM superheroes on a binge against boredom. So CD-ROM <laughs> is in the title of this project. They're obviously like, damn, there's going to be some CD stuff on here, and you got to play it, you got to listen to it, you got to watch yeah. it. This Another is one is called Yes. And these are all edutainment games, by the way. And the other one is called Rodney's Fun Screen, which seems just like a digital toy. Like I was watching, yeah. uh, but it's it's it's, edu it's sorry, it's educational as well. Um, and there are videos of these online. And I'll, I'll put them on our blog as well. And but, those uh, are also on Mac. Yeah, these are all Mac titles, yeah. right? Yeah, Mac was super popular with artists, of course, because uh -huh. it was useful for music and art production. And as you said, it was super popular in Japan because it had a much better interface for typing Japanese. 
uh, than oh, Windows at the time. Yeah. Okay, sure, sure. And uh, there you go. So it, like <laughs> all the stuff, it's it was an explosion of. In, and there was also, you know, if you think that, like, Mac snobs are, are, are bad now, like, in the 90s, it really was, like, we are the intelligentsia, we are the creators. No, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak out against that attitude <laughs> and say that it was more like a desperate circling of the wagons because the rest of the world was so eager to spit on Macintosh and Macintosh yeah. users. And as an artist and a journalist in the 90s, uh, which were the only two people using Macintoshes, I felt mm-hmm. kind of abused, like, this is what I have to use. Stop being mean to me. Yeah, actually, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't the snide, like, uh, I'm so cool turtleneck kind of atmosphere. It was more just the, like, we are actual artists. Like, this is what we, these are our tools. I mean, Windows 95 got the friggin' Rolling Stones to roll out their product. I think there was a persecution complex or an inferiority <laughs> complex right. there. Um, so uh, more about Rodney Allen Greenblatt. Um, I think his work on Parappa reminds me of a mix between, like, Richard Scarry and Keith Haring. Just like the yeah. animal, certainly. And, yeah, he and, always had that going. Yeah, and the, and <laughs> the, a, like, oh, go ahead. That's just great. Oh, thanks. I don't have much to add. I thought yeah. that was a good, uh, a good uh, sort of uh, no. way to define his work. For a second, I heard that as uh, Keith Her- uh, Keith Richardson, and that that oh. made me pause for a second. But yes, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. So, uh, and we talked about this before, but what makes Parappa so unique is that these people were not necessarily game designers. They were artists interested in multimedia technology to further their art. And as such, they approach video games from a completely unexpected angle. I'm sure if they had some sort of game design chops, they might have made Prappa a different game or maybe a worse game. But they were like, we don't know what this game should be. Let's try to figure that out. And that's why I think makes Prappa so great. Um, I don't know. Would you guys agree with that? Or I think we talked a little bit about this before. I think what also makes it great is that they, instead of, I think another thing that would have changed if it wasn't made by artists is that it wouldn't be so full of original art like the defining thing for Parappa with me is like I was super excited about it I, I, I didn't buy the Japanese version I I, I ran to like actually a Funko Land if anyone remembers Funko oh, Land man. brought the, it you know, the worst store name ever <laughs> brought it home new copy and popped into my PlayStation and I just remember thinking like this is different than games this is like a bunch of cool like and don't get me wrong I love video games particularly in the 90s but like this is a bunch of cool artists who are like part of pop culture not video game culture, like, taking and making a game, like, out of what they love. Like, this is not mm-hmm. just, like, you know, this isn't Final Fantasy or whatever else we were playing at the time that was, like, you know, new iterations of existing game culture. This was pop culture in the form of a game. Like, and it was wholly original. And I don't mean original just in the sense of creative, but, like, everything in this was made for this. It was made right. with the idea of, yeah. like, this is what we want to communicate and do from the visuals to the gameplay to the... The, uh, whole, the whole approach was original. Like, yeah. Every yeah. facet of it, no one had seen anything like it before, and that's mm-hmm. what made it so uh, impactful. Um, before we move on to talking about Parappa, I do want to add one thing. It's sort of a disclaimer. Now, you might want to run out and play these games after we talk about them if you haven't. I do have to say that if you're playing these on a game that upscales uh, the image that's being sent to your TV, like via the PS3, you're going to have a bad time. Uh... So basically, before I, you know, when I was doing research for this episode, I was yeah. like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna play through all the games again. So I played a little bit of Parappa, a little bit of Lamy, and I was like, I'm really bad at this. I used yep. to be so good at these games, and has alcohol really destroyed my brain? Or is this <laughs> like a Flowers for Algernon t- style no, thing? Oh no! But um, 
But I was like, oh, I'll just plug it in through my PS2 and see if it's different. And like, immediately I was owning the game, like, backwards yeah. and forwards. So. Was it display lag, or what was I it? I think it's display it's, and input lag. Uh, and, you know, well, Parappa 1 in particular has problems on PS3, and I think it's more than just display lag. I think it is kind of like a weird emulation type of issue okay, that yeah. they didn't really solve, and that's why they only sell the PSP one. On Parappa the is store. really unforgiving also. It like, is, the first it can one be, yeah. It's really strangely unforgiving for a game made. But you can get into the groove, and but you can't on PS3, basically. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to play these, play them through a system that doesn't have an HDMI port. Play them on a PS2 or on a PS1. Even the PS... I, I, I downloaded and, and purchased the PS1 Parappa, which was a mistake, and I'll get into that later, but um, even PSP. that felt off to me. Um, it's a bad port, but uh, yeah. So if you're going to play these PSP games... PSP version? What's that? Do you mean PSP port? PSP port of Parappa. Yeah, yeah. Did I say something else? It's a PS1 port. Oh, sorry. No, no. PSP port. <laughs> okay, yeah. So just a disclaimer, like, if you want to play these games, go for it, but if you play them on PS3, you're going to have a bad time. And that is my disclaimer. So let's move on to the first game. Step on the gas. Step on the brakes. Step on the brakes. Now step on the gas. Step on the gas. When I say boom, 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 you say bam, bam, bam. No pause in between. Come on, let's jam. Step on the gas. Step on the gas. Step on the brakes. Step on the brakes. Step on the brakes. Step on the brakes. Step on the gas. So Parappa the Rapper uh, came out for the PlayStation. There's a huge span of time between the Japanese and American release. It came out in December 1996 for in Japan and October uh, 1997 for U.S. So obviously... For a the, game that was entirely in English. In Japan. Exactly. Well, it was all <laughs> translated. I mean, it was it came Clear, translated. Clearly trying to find the right place in the market there. Right. and uh, right Place a, on the calendar. A quick, slightly boring story about this. Um, I believe I saw this... On uh, one of the before cable stations briefly decided to have video game networks. Uh, it was like tech TV. No, it wasn't that. It was like some news network had a, a show on about technology. Was it? And, oh, yeah. oh, I don't know what it was called. It Probably was like, on headline news. Yeah, 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 that was it. I forget. It was in the '90s, but I remember. Um, they had EGM people on there. Oh, they did. Okay, cool. Yeah. In this episode, they were just showing off Parappa for half an hour, and this is maybe a year before it came out in America. I'm like, what the hell is this? I mean, I didn't have a PlayStation yet. I, mean, really? I was like, yeah. I was like, this, this, is this coming out in America? What is this? Because I had never seen anything like it. And then that kind of haunted me for a year. I'm like, where is this game? Like, can I get it? Can I play it? And then when it showed up in, uh, in like video game magazine, like, yes, finally, like mm-hmm. this game is coming out, and I can enjoy it. So that's my slightly boring story about <laughs> being tantalized by Parappa for a year before no, it actually hyped. came out. I was so hyped for Parappa. I was. Yeah. I don't even like. I don't remember why I didn't buy the Japanese version because I was all over doing that at the time. But hmm. I was so like eagerly like I ran to the store to buy it. it. Might sound funny to people listening. I don't know. I I think I pre-ordered it. Yeah. Back when that was sort of a more casual experience. Yeah, that wasn't like yeah. People were not driven to pre-order things in the '90s the way they are now. No, I think not. the pre-order process was we'll write your name on a post-it note and stick it up on the mm-hmm. game shelf or whatever. <laughs> so uh, this is one of the first games that really felt like a complete PlayStation experience. Uh, especially in the in the middle of these console wars. So it relied on CD-ROM technology, as we talked about before, to give us fully voiced songs, as well as track switching within the songs. And it really took advantage of the PlayStation's face buttons. I feel like this game would not be as successful if the PlayStation had like numbers or letters on the buttons. I think those mm, geometric yeah. uh, shapes really make it more less oh. of a thought process as to what you have to hit. I mean, it right. taught me the buttons, actually. Like, oh, me up too, until yeah. that point, I, I, I actually, it's probably going to sound stupid also, I, I couldn't keep the buttons straight on the PlayStation. <laughs> 
The PlayStation is the but, only one I keep buttons straight on because every other controller reverses well, A, B, and X yeah, and Y, I know, and like, I hate that. Microsoft has them in alphabetical order and Nintendo in reverse, so I'm always screwing it up. Yeah, <laughs> we need to have a we need laws for that, don't we? Everybody, <laughs> right, uh, Congressman? Well, yeah. it, cer- it certainly makes it look more stylish. The symbols. So. Oh yeah, yeah, but I mean, I feel like that there's less of a th- like a thought process. You just like you associate that with a like a a, a button on the controller rather yeah, than like I what's one right. mean, what's two mean, what's yeah. any mean? Yeah, I don't know. That could just be me. Yeah, I don't know because I'm too ingrained in memorizing buttons. Yeah, it's like it's hard to it's I hard know to what go everything back. is. Have we ever talked about the uh, the visual metaphor that was supposed to be attached to the PlayStation buttons? No, but I was just thinking about it. So me too. Go ahead, it. Jeremy. Yeah, because um, like the the symbols are not just arbitrary; they actually mean something. Um, circle means confirm. X means uh, cancel. Although that got that gets reversed for the U.S. That's how it should always uh, be. And in actually, opinion. in fact, that that's the, common uh, in Japan. Yeah. Every, everyone who is familiar with Japanese stuff will know that. Like very often, like like a round circle means yes and an X means no. So for Japanese people, it's like hyper ingrained yeah, in there. It's uh, super their... super ingrained over there. But here it gets reversed. The uh, the square button is supposed to mean pages. So that was meant for like menus. And the triangle button is supposed to represent the head, uh, like a person's head. And that was meant for like a perspective or viewpoint button, you know, kind of like the camera oh. button in uh, Super Mario 64. So right. I can't remember the name of the designer who came up with that, but there is like a visual metaphor behind each of the uh, the symbols on the PlayStation controller, which uh, mm. I found out about that a few months ago. And I think probably and which now in, in, in the complete... PS4 launch hype or something. And uh, oh, it yeah. just kind of <laughs> blew my mind. I had no idea. I mean, I got the. And X now it's been completely NBO. subverted. I'm oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, it's cool. It's it's a delay, but I mean, yeah, it has been subverted. Uh, yeah. Just because I, I think it bla- probably lasted less than a year. That sort of intent, you know. I, some well, some games did take advantage of it. But. Yeah, I mean, and then you know, like games like Final Fantasy, or a lot of games, I think also just they just use the same button configurations they used on the SNES because it was mm-hmm. the same layout. Yep. Yeah, so they, yeah. Destroyed the yeah. And then so menu in America, we made X. We made X confirm, so that destroyed it too. And anyway, but it's it's a neat, it's super neat fact, I think. So I'm sure I'm sure there are other examples of this. Like I'm thinking of LucasArts games that sort of, uh, at least in the mid '90s, patterned themselves after Looney Tunes, like Day of the Tentacle. But along with Yoshi's Island, Parappa felt like one of the the first games that really committed to an art style, like that really just like went doubled down on this strange, bizarre look. And um, like like we were talking about earlier, we had never seen anything like this game before. But its flat graphics had a really utilitarian purpose because this game came out in '96 for Japan in Japan for the PlayStation. Um, remember how ugly 3D graphics were on the PlayStation in those first few years? I mean, sure. yep. they were good. They were still ugly towards the end. But there's no way they were going to have expressive characters, especially with Rodney uh, Greenblatt style, with in full 3D polygons. So <laughs> it was imagine. it was both a technical trick and sort of a way to compensate for it. Was perfect. And yeah. in fact, like. If you go like PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale, if you want to see what a horror of an, a 3D Parappa, uh, you can uh, sure. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Oh, what, is he 3D? What do they do? Well, I'm, not entirely, okay. but it's not they, entirely flat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Boo. Well, the the great not thing about the the graphics in Parappa is that they were really kind of not just a technological um, you know circumvention, but they actually took the technology that PlayStation used and turned it into an art style because. Uh, the PS1 couldn't actually handle bitmap, map, bitmap sprites as independent objects. So anytime you saw bitmaps, they had to be mapped onto polygons. So they basically just took that limitation and kind of showed you the seams. They showed you, hey, these are just on flat polygons. They're not really, you know, like flat sprites like you're used to in, in other video games. And uh, I don't know, like, like that's just a really kind of cool way of, of pulling back the curtain and exposing the wizard and, and, you know, coming out ahead for it. 
Yeah, and I think uh, I think Rodney Greenblatt agreed to join the project when uh, Masai Matsuro brought him in, and he showed him a demo of the game. Not the game, but a demo of the graphics where he was making the Dazzleoids characters dance around as flat characters, and that's when Rodney Greenblatt was like, oh, we can make this work. Hmm. So, um, I guess moving on to this next point, uh, Parappa at the time, I mean, we were sle- we were not as enlightened as we are now, I'd like to say. So we, we waved a lot of things off as like, oh, that's wacky Japan, you know, like. Oh, oh yeah, those- today we're really enlightened about that. I, we're, we're a little, we're a little better. Slightly I, better. I would honestly worse, actually. Really? Yeah, okay. I, I'm with fall, Jeremy. The fall of Japanese games from popularity in the U.S., has just created this, or maybe not created, but brought this vibe of racism and oh boy. nationalism to the surface. Like it used to kind of lurk under the surface, but now it's really strong. And for a lot of people, saying Japanese games is code for saying a bad game. Like that's true. There's yeah, this really, really kind of gross. Uh, racist streak in a lot of gamers that uh, people get to express now because Japanese games aren't as popular, so they can be dismissive of those games, but at the same time also be dismissive. And then there's of witch the touchers, <laughs> yeah. And then there's witch touchers, like which helps, like yeah, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, like mon- what mon- monster mon piece mon- that just monster got monster mon piece, yeah, stuff like that doesn't <laughs> help. <laughs> oh god. It's true. Okay, but we are enlightened at least, right, guys? Yes, See, those I, of us on this podcast right now. <laughs> I never, I never. Like it never struck me that hey this is a Japanese game. Like to me it never no, in really fact, seemed that way. It just seemed like a cool cartoon that you could rap through. And, and really, it's not very Japanese. I mean, yes, I mean it is, and it was made in Japan. Rodney Allen Greenblatt was living in Japan at the time, I believe, but he's a New York City artist, and I, as mm-hmm. I recall, the music was I think it's written by Matsura, but was you know the, it was recorded in New York. So there's like a very cool I don't know like it's 1990s like. Yeah, the Shibo lyrics... Mato era yeah. vibe. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The yeah. lyrics are by yeah. a guy named uh, Ryu. His stage name, I guess. He plays Chop Top Master Onion, Joe Chin, uh, the the pilot in Um Jammer Lammy, and a few other characters. But he wrote all the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I think he is bilingual. Well, obviously he's bilingual, but he he's like sort of a multicultural guy. Like grew up in the United States and lives in Japan and things like that. I'm gonna say you guys don't let me finish. I don't. I don't think this is wacky Japan, but people sort of. Uh, you know, that, that was sort of the way that they would introduce this game. It's like, oh, yeah. the Japanese are at it again with this crazy rapping game <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But wow, I, I feel never, like... I never saw that. It, it, it annoyed me at the time. That's just only the reason, the only reason why I remembered it, just because I was really into Japanese video games. But I have to say that if this is your impression of Parappa, you're wrong. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that our listeners think that. But playing through this game, I find the wackiness to be very, like, sincere. Uh, it's not yeah. like calculated like oh wouldn't it be wacky if we had a, a flower as a girl it just feels like no <laughs> right. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna draw a flower draw eyes and at that there that's a girlfriend there we yeah. go it's, it just... more, it's less the like cultural misunderstanding wackiness and more the like I am an artist and I'm gonna do what I want mm-hmm. which which you isn't culturally restricted to Japan yeah and I, I feel like uh, Rodney Greenblatt was given a lot of free reign um, he I mean he talks about going back and forth with Matsura about the designs but there are just so many characters in this game even background characters like there's like a I mean, like, anything you can make into an anthropomorphic object is anthropomorphized <laughs> in these games. Right. Uh, there's, like, a billion examples, but just just play five seconds of Parappa and you'll see, like, everything is moving and dancing and has eyes and a mouth. So, it's super great. So, uh, how does the game play? Well, another thing that annoyed me at the time was people compared to Simon, which is only half true. Yeah. In Simon, yeah. you are given a command, but you're not 
you're not you're not shown what you have to do. You sort of have to remember it. That is not true of prep at all. You're given a command, uh, like a line of a rap, <laughs> and you have to repeat it back to the master. Uh, when you first play through the game, it's just simply repeating what the master says to you. But when you finish the game, you can go back to the stages and improvise. And if you do good enough, uh, your level goes up to you rapping cool, and then the master <laughs> goes away, and you can sort of make a really terrible rap on your own yeah. without their guidance. That's just their... I mean, I'm just letting you guys know, in case you haven't played this game, that's sort of how it unfolds. Yeah, the, uh, the, the mechanics of it struck me as Simon-esque, but... The overall feeling I got from it was more like the call and response portion of a rock concert. Like the part yeah, where you yeah. know, it's getting toward the end and they're playing some of the fan favorites and they do like a breakdown and then they start, you know, the singer sings something and then he wants the audience to sing it back. Like to me, that's what I got from it. I got, you know, like yeah. I'm at a concert, you know, this is this is kind of like the the fan, the crowd pleaser right here. Right. And, and then of course that's the last stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but the way Parappa works is, uh, I, I guess there are maybe three different uh, versions of the track for each level of good, badness or goodness. So mm-hmm. as you do worse, the track switches down to a, a worse version of it. There's there's a lot of ducks quacking for some reason. That's mm-hmm. sort of the I love it. The it's ultimate symbol right of failure is ducks quacking <laughs> yeah. at you. <laughs> yes. um, but I mean, it gets worse. The stages deteriorate. Like things ha- things are happening around you. Like this, it's all very uh, what's that kinesthetic? Is that dynamic? The word? Yeah, dynamic. Um, like everything's moving to the beat. And the stage reflects how well you're doing. So if you're doing bad, bad things will happen. Like in the driving stage, the car, car will start swerving all over the road. And I think the car starts falling apart. But, mm-hmm. I mean, everything <laughs> is just tailored to your performance. And the game is all about you being a good performer. And, like, the only... I mean, there is there are fail states. But it's funny, like, narratively, the fail state is that Parappa embarrasses himself. Like, he's not <laughs> yeah. dying. He just experiences shame. So <laughs> that that's a pretty fun... I, I found that to be, like, just, like, very charming. Just like, oh, no, now he, now he feels bad because he yeah. didn't do a good job. Uh, and even even Sunny Funny like says better luck next time. Yeah, yeah, just like yeah, <laughs> you, you got to impress her. That's the whole thing. And uh, speaking of Prappa, like as a character, he's I think he caught on because he's incredibly endearing. He comes a little close to being like a Doug Funny type character, yes. but he pulls it together. He's not always having like nervous breakdowns about going to the dentist or getting a pimple or whatever. Bob and is like Doug he, Funny. Oh, sorry, he's from the cartoon Doug. He's like the the oh. biggest weenie of the nineties. Oh. Yeah, we don't we don't endorse Doug Funny on on Retronauts. At least <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, yeah. Okay. But uh, like he's really adorable. He he's he believes in himself. He's he finds inspiration through other people. Um, and all the okay, a lot of the problems he experiences are like everyday problems, like you know falling in love, impressing a girl, um, you know not learning pooping your pants, and <laughs> yeah, learning <laughs> to drive, not uh, pooping your pants, things like that, continents. So, I think a lot of the wackiness was easier to digest since it was sort of delivered through these everyday scenarios, and uh, especially the um, the pooping your pants stage, because <laughs> I think, I mean, not to get gross, but we probably have all experienced that in our life at some point, like, I have to go to the bathroom, and it, this is this is a struggle now. I oh, ate yeah. something painful. Isn't yeah. There, I must go. Isn't there a game now called Don't Shit Your Pants? Oh, yeah, that's been around for a while, and that, I can, I can recommend, Did, recommend that, that game, too. Was that ripped off from uh, No, it's just a text game. Primal vibe. Uh, I, Perhaps I more so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I agree with Ray. It's actually yeah. awesome. You should play it. It is cool. Any. It is cool. Okay. You, yeah. you, you would not believe how many ways there are to not shit your pants. <laughs> Another no, thing, I, uh, I experience them every day. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not to get too uh, sappy about this, but I feel like this game and Lammy, and especially Lammy, have a real like sense of late '90s optimism, as we talked about before, because this game is all about peace, love, friendship, and multiculturalism, which were in, in, in favor in the 90s. Uh, and now, now it's about shooting people in the head now, all the time, console now, games. Exactly. Now we hate everyone, <laughs> and we have to shoot people in the head. But in the 90s, no, it's like, hey, let's have a party. The neck. 
Let's not oh, imagine how much I fucking hate console games right now. Uh, I'm with you, but uh, that'll be Retronauts from ten, in 10 years from now. What happened after the PS4? <laughs> yeah, bring me back. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like, uh, okay, pre-September 11th, pre-whatever you want to call what happened to the national uh, sense of optimism, uh, this game was really just booming. It's like, the world is a party, invite all your friends, everyone can get along, and this game has, like, a lot of African-American performers, which is really interesting. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. there's a real sense of just, like, like I said, multiculturalism in, in like... It's 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 odd to see that in a game today, outside of like The Walking Dead uh, and a few others. <laughs> and the main characters. I mean, now we're going to get into Lammy probably next, but the main characters of both of them are kind of uh, everyday and uh, and befuddled. And I mean, if you talk about anxiety problems, we'll, we'll get to uh-huh. Lammy. I think they're relatable, but maybe I just have too much yeah. anxiety. No, no, I, I 100% do, and I think it's, like, very humanized. I mean, I guess my point is, like, how humanized are the main characters of games nowadays? That's true. It's just or At like... least, like, you know, the thing is, like, the PlayStation era was fantastic because people could make a game for, like, $500,000. You know what I mean? I don't know what the budget on this game was. It was probably pretty expensive. Yeah. If I had to guess, let's say, like, a million dollars. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Yeah. Holy shit. But everyone had a million dollars in the 90s sitting around. Yeah, right? that's also true. Yeah. Like, it was not hard to get together a million dollars. Uh, it was a big, exciting time for games. Now, I mean, we're seeing indie, and I mean, in a way, like, I think the PS1, especially if you look at the Japanese uh, lineup of totally weird shit, like, it was kind of like iOS. It was like the precursor to iOS. People were making all these weird, creative, interesting, strange games yeah, like, that were for, like, mainstream audience, like, particularly in Japan, like... They thought of, like, the people who would buy PlayStations as just, like, normal people who would buy, like, a game that was not about game-like shit at all. And then that didn't filter into the American uh, audiences as much. Like, not a lot of that stuff came over. But, um... And there was yeah. uh, cultural cross-blending that I don't think, like, re-happened again until, like, basically, like, iOS took off. Yeah, and, yeah, and I mean, you mentioned... Seeing... Oh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Jeremy. I was just gonna say, I, I feel like we're seeing little bits of that starting to trickle back in. Like, if you look at Republic, um, like, to me, that is very much a PS1-era sort of graphical adventure, pre-rendered backgrounds. If you look at Bravely Default, like, that is PlayStation-era Final Fantasy masquerading under a different Oh, name. for sure, yeah. Like, there are there are little hints of these, uh, like, that, that thing I loved about 90s games, late 90s games, that, that I miss, that I'm seeing little hints of, and it makes me happy. And I really hope that we're going to see, you know, like, the way people have been regurgitating 8-bit and 16-bit style games, I would love to see a resurgence of 32-bit, not just aesthetics, but the spirit behind them. The sort of, like, video games can be fun. The world can be nice. Let's let's have a good time playing video games. I think SteamWorld Dig is, like, the perfect example of, like, this feels like a PlayStation 1 game in the best possible way. I feel so hip to have been on the first wave of coolness about that game. Uh, no, I mean, it, it was really one of the best games last year. It was very simple to the point, just a few hours long. But, yeah, like, very self-contained, very fun, very upbeat. I liked it a well, lot. Well, a few hours was also fine on PlayStation 1 era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want I want Jumping Flashback. That's what, oh, that's, God, that's me mine. too. Sorry, I'm going to derail <laughs> the conversation. But... <laughs> it's cool. Uh, but I want to get back to what uh, Christian was saying about Prep as a character, about how he's just very... Um, He's very endearing, and I feel like every, like, I just played my first PS4 game, and I sat down, and the, immediately the main character is, like, this gruff badass. Even who, fucking Knack! 
Uh, even a knack? Fucking knack is okay. like knack is a bro. Okay, like that's bro junior. Like the whole point. I could I could rail against this game because I think it's really bad. I, I just but. feel like every everything has to be cool. You know, there, there's no room for like this this guy. This character is trying to prove himself. This character is not sure of himself because I mean these these are things we can all relate to. If you're as cool as Nathan Drake, you're not sitting around playing video games. You know, you're getting laid and like stealing hidden treasures or whatever. And Nathan Drake yeah. is the least worst of like this kind of protagonist. That's true. I mean, there is yeah, good writing behind smiles. him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not like you know, yeah, shooting McGruff pants. He is yeah. he's actually he's a fun guy. To... Pants. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to meet that guy. <laughs> so <laughs> that, uh... that image in my head is just there's, I'm getting the weirdest picture in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Even with its cuteness, I think Parappa has a little bit of an edge that makes it iconic. A lot of it is like with the sort of psychedelic nature with it, uh, with the graphics and sort of the music and read whatever you want into that. But another thing we talked about before is that the level about having to poop is just such a... I think it's the most memorable part of the game. Um, <laughs> just because you, that, that, that you never experienced that in a video game. And I don't think it's happened since. Maybe it has, like, in an adventure game. But it's just such a universal, relatable experience. And it's not played for, like, hyper laughs. I mean, it's not obviously it's not supposed to be serious, but it's not played for laughs in the way, like, an Adam Sandler movie would play. Right, right. right. You, don't, you don't see feces, like, flying out of characters, you know. Hey, guys, it's, it's all I gotta very... take a poo. I've never... Right, it's not that. It's not yeah. Ren and Stimpy or anything. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they approach pooping in an extremely cute way, but it's just like, I can relate to Prep. And the funniest part about that scene is uh, Sunny Funny, uh, they're on a date and Prep has to use the bathroom and she thinks Prep is more manly because he's like, he's like, he's having to use the bathroom. So he's like just grunting and like straining his face yes. and sweating. <laughs> so and then when he's done he's using the bathroom, yeah, yeah, when he's done using the bathroom and comes back, she's like, oh, he's not manly anymore. Yeah. <laughs> just like, so if you want to be manly, hold in your poop, kids. But uh, don't tell your doctor I said that. So, you know, I have to confess that I'm really terrible at Parappa the Rappa. And I've never actually played it all the way through because I suck so very badly at rhythm games. So in the end, does he realize that maybe Sonny's not the best pick for him? That maybe, maybe, you know, he'd be better off with someone else who appreciates him for his actual qualities? Uh, no, even in even in Parappa two, and we'll get to that. He is still kind of tolerating Sunny's uh, abuse. Uh, I wouldn't call it abuse, but like he still hasn't won her over. And it's weird that he's still hanging in there with Sunny Funny. But yeah, I, I would actually go like the one th- that was the other thing about Parappa for me. Anyway, like I got it home, I was super excited, and I quickly discovered I have no fucking rhythm, oh, <laughs> and no. Uh, I sucked at it. And I was like, ah, I was like crestfallen because <laughs> I like, couldn't even beat the first stage. Yeah. <laughs> I somehow managed to just become, like, have make a, like, sort of zen experience with this game where I was, like, extremely good at it. I and, couldn't like, beat the first one until after I got good at Umjimmer Lammy. Yeah, that'll, that, like, it's a, it's a more technical game, so you can kind of apply those skills to prep. And I was really good at Umjimmer Lammy. Uh, because, I love that game. Yeah, we're going to get there. <laughs> yes, Sorry. yes. I keep, I keep trying to get there. I'm drooling. Pushing us ahead. Though we're almost done with Parappa. And uh, <laughs> not much to say about Parappa 2, unfortunately. But, nope. um, another thing, okay, one thing is, um, the game is only five levels long, but uh, Sony sold this at a, a cheaper price. So it was $40 instead of $50. I feel like this game would probably be like a $15 download today if it came out as a yeah. newer game with the amount of content. But still, Sony was like, we're going to put this game out with a dog on the cover that with a microphone. It's only 40 bucks. Give it a try. It's weird. And I, and I think that was a good a good way to kind of sneak it in people's homes like uh, Namco did with Katamari Damashi, where it was 30 yeah. bucks when it came out, I, I believe. And also, I can't, cut- I can't oh, sorry. Uh, emphasize enough how important... Parappa was to the PlayStation platform in general. 
like the the fact that Sony released that for forty dollars, and there were a couple of other games that released at the same time, late nineteen ninety seven. Uh, they were kind of like unconventional, a little hard to get your head around. Maybe not super deep games, but but you know, interesting and worth trying. Uh, Bushido Blade was one of them, also. They released a bunch of these games yeah. for 40 bucks. Well, not a bunch, yeah. but like three or four first-party games for 40 bucks. And that was such a powerful antidote to uh, what, you know, like the Nintendo pricing. And even even, even Sega Saturn, like games were, yeah, they were like $60, $75. up to 80 even 90 on, on N64. Yeah. And here you had these games that were $40, and suddenly, you know, like... I could buy Bushido Blade and Parappa for the cost of Turok Dinosaur Hunter, which is <laughs> going to be more fun. Maybe I'll try these two. Like that That's was true. a like, huge, huge step forward for Sony. Like a and there were better games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, true. Bushido Blade. Don't don't get me started. Like I remember my friend buying Mortal Kombat trilogy for the N sixty four at Sears for ninety dollars. Yeah, and <laughs> maybe like a week later, I bought Parappa for forty. And like I'm, I'm kind and of three years this. later, he still only has yeah, yeah. Trilogy. Just, like one day I'll have enough money for a new cartridge. Yeah. And the funny thing is that like it sort of touched off this thing by the end of the generation. Sony was releasing a lot of first party games at 40 bucks and mm-hmm. uh it was a like the playstation was just great yeah i mean we got incredible crisis i mean what what other platform would have that game on it i, I can't think of anything <laughs> so just a few more things about parappa because we have to move on to my favorite game and i've been dying to talk about this for years on a podcast so the game has this really uh talking about how endearing this game is there's like an amateurish quality that i love uh, the actors aren't necessarily actors there's a lot of very strange line readings in this game which i love uh, the recording quality is all over the place, even within songs. Like there'll be like a really badly recorded line somewhere, and you're like, I don't know why that is the way it is, but I think it adds like a nice uh, earnestness to it. Like yeah. we're just trying to put on a show, guys. You know, <laughs> just like a real, a real, I don't know, likable quality. Yeah, so like Mystery Science Theater, like yeah, shows like that's that. Where exactly it's like, what I was gonna say it was like MST3K meets like a Ralph Bakshi kind of production. Like there is this sort of combination indie vibe public access television quality to parappa like a bunch of different disparate influences that came together uh like one of the songs riffs off of a can track like you know that's right this this 70s progressive rock band from germany like not even a a song on one of their albums i don't even know where this song came from it's called turtles (laughs) have short legs but like it's in there like there was and and the lyrics are just as good as parappa lyrics well the other thing is that like I think I, I want to. So I talked about hating console games now, and I think the real differentiation talking about this is earnestness. Like the people who made this game were incredibly earnest and sincere, and this is the game they wanted to make. And I think that one of the things I really dislike about modern console games is that they're incredibly pretentious. Yeah, they're, they're incredibly pretentious. There was no wall of like postmodern snarkiness between you and Parappa. It was just like, come on, let's have fun, you know? Uh, there's no that, shame like, in that. You know, like this like I I mean I have to admit I haven't played it, but the you know, Cat Bailey's thing about the the scene in in uh in Lords of Shadow yeah, yeah. 2, which is like what really <laughs> bothers me about it is not necessarily like I'm not going to judge that, but like the like this this sophomoric fucking like we're making serious art for grown-ups, like yeah, fucking yeah. pretentious, god-awful shit that I we liked, see in AAA games. I like Castlevania when it was uh, pretty anime boys fighting laser skeletons, you know. Yeah, and but I just, liked it when it was people, ripping on Universal monster movies. That too. I mean, it was always meant to be kind of a goof, right? Yeah, and yeah. like now it's like it's still a goof. It's impossible to take seriously, but we're gonna like ramp up the pretentious. We need to let you know that Dracula's a bad guy, just in case you weren't sure. Yeah, make you feel it. Make it's like okay, the Walter the White of Dracula. He's still Dracula. He's like the dude in the, the, the dressing gown and the red cloak who goes, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I don't care how much you dress that, it up. 
it's still goofy just be yeah good. that's yeah. what i hate about modern games thank Me you too. let's move on quickly before we uh, get to um jerma lammy one thing the psp port do not buy this game it's way too much on psn well it's yeah that's uh, a fact that, that's not that's step number one as to why you should not buy this it's also a pretty bad port in general because the bar was very low at the time it came out which is like 2005 there were no psn downloads of classic games so basically the fact that you were getting a ps1 game on a umd was enough of a reason to buy it so there are no, uh, like, the, the full motion video is still sort of, like, boxed into a small area as it was in the original game. You can't skip the intro of the super long last song, which lasts, like, 30 seconds. Um, because you have to listen to that before you can actually start playing that level. Oh, yeah. Um, the timing seems off in general, and uh, this game came with free DLC, but it's no longer accessible through the game. You have to, like, go onto, like, the internet and find out how to download it and sort of, like, drop it into a folder through your PS. It takes forever to do. I mean, like, if you're going to sell the game, at least make it the online functionality functional, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Especially if you advertise it in your store. So don't buy this. Also, there's some weird censorship where... Um, in the first cutscene, the characters order food, and there's a lot of characters sitting around and eating food in this game for some reason I noticed. Just like every every level starts with them eating food, and there's a whole thing about pooping that involves food. So, But the characters <laughs> order Frosties at the local fast food uh, joint, but the word is blanked out and replaced with nothing. So, uh, <laughs> Like like Dairy King Frosties, know basically? Uh, I think or, I think they're worried about Wendy's. Wendy's. I mean, sorry. Yeah, so like uh, PJ Berry's like, I'll have a chocolate... And a curly fry. I don't remember this at all. <laughs> yeah, it's only in the PSP version. And yeah, I, yeah. I was playing. No. I was playing Lammy as well, and they talk about Frosty. So if that ever gets re-released, there's going to be like a big, <laughs> a big hole in that. Which because, is, yeah, if yeah. that ever gets released. Yeah. Uh, oh God. God. Can't, so can't anything else about Parappa before I move on? I, I mean, I didn't think we fill so much time with Parappa, but um, Lammy's next, and I can't wait to talk about Lammy. So how about anything else about Parappa, you guys? Uh, I love how we glassed over Parappa 2 in like a millisecond. We're getting to that. Uh, no, oh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go chronological. We're going chronological. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's not a lot to say about it, but there's still enough to say. Okay. What's your favorite stage? Oh, I'm gonna say uh, stage two, the driving stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably lean to that. Too. Yeah, yeah, driving stage. I also like uh, the one I find myself singing the most is the uh, the the frog uh, Prince Flea Swallow. Yes. Thank yeah, you. it's nice mm. that Parappa turned to a vagrant to help him <laughs> yes. with his money problems. <laughs> Uh, Jeremy, uh, you had something to say? I'm sorry? Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, even though I was terrible at this game, uh, like the PlayStation, uh, official PlayStation Magazine demo that came out, I just completely bombed at. Uh, but I still picked up right. the game because I just loved what it represented. And I would show that to people and say, look, this is what video games are going to be. This is something more than just like running and jumping and shooting. It's about like music. It's about art. It's about creativity. It's about something that's accessible for everyone. Like this is just fantastic. And if you want to see what video games are going to be in the future, this is this is it. And I was horribly wrong, but I don't think <laughs> my right. optimism. I want to live in the timeline you predicted, Jeremy. Can we? Can it we would have use been a machine to change that? Okay. Yeah. Well, damn it. Now I'm depressed. But. Uh, there was a Parappa anime before we move on. It was aimed at kids. Pretty disappointing. Apparently, the yeah, producers wanted no input from the game creator, or and I guess Rodney Greenblatt oh, Jesus. helped them design characters. It's really bad. Well, the thing about Parappa that I mean, to not to gloss over real quickly is that in Japan, you know, Japan has this culture of like Hello Kitty character goods yeah, consumerism, yeah. and Parappa did the thing which is like the dream of all uh, Japanese media companies. It crossed over from being the game to being a media good character franchise. And so so many marketable friends too. So like yeah, Parappa be- went from being you know like 
the game, we think of Parappa the game, but like in Japan it became a thing. Sony merchandised it to fuck and back. Yeah, and, I'm and then the anime came out like like the game came out in 96, but the uh, the anime came out in like 2000 because yeah. like I think it was Sony, tied into Parappa 2's release. So uh, yeah. Sony was mm-hmm. merchandising the hell of it and like if you want to like get a picture of what Parappa was in Japan, just watch Paranoia Agent by Satoshi Kon. Yeah. Like that is what happened to Parappa. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I recommend that you at least watch the opening, uh, the intro song. It has some really great animation and pretty cool music, but um, the, the show itself is like literally for five-year-olds. And yeah. uh, no Lammy. I mean, screw you guys. Lammy gets get short shrift throughout the series, but I like her so much. I tried to watch it. it was, I downloaded an episode or two. It wasn't worth the time. Yeah, I watched so, one, and this is when I was weighing anime and watched everything. So yeah. uh, imagine that. So I guess um, that's it for Parappa. <laughs> So, moving on, we're going to talk about Um Jammer Lammy. It came out for the PlayStation in March of 99 in Japan and August of 99 for the United States. Man, I'm so glad that Christian is here because I didn't know this about Christian. I, I knew he liked the series, but apparently he's a Lammy super fan, and oh so am I. Yeah. So we're both going to be really annoying about this, um, but please tolerate it because like, I love this game so much. I want everyone to play it. It's in my top five games of all time ever, regardless of platform. I think Christian was saying it's I was in saying, top yeah. five it's PS1 at least, games. At the very least, it's in my top five PS1 games. And like, if you think about at least my opinion of the PS1, it's like a fantastic console with a fantastic library. Yes, so, so good. And I've had a lot of caffeine today, so I'm just going to sound like a rambling lunatic about this game. So, <laughs> so here guys, we go. Help, help me get it together guys because i love this uh it came out a few years after parappa and uh, reading a, a, an interview with rodney rodney greenblatt he said that was sort of a mistake to wait so long for a sequel because yeah. he said we should have popped out another parappa you know in a year rather than spend so much time on lammy but lammy is just this like technical and creative masterpiece yeah, so much more robust a yeah. game in, all, in every possible way and it came out at, at a much simpler time for gaming so there's uh and when the sequel comes out to parappa there's no mention of parappa I don't even think he's in the cover art. Um, oh, yeah. No, it's funny. It's, it's the artist thing. Or, like, you know, it's so funny. We, yeah. we As part of game culture, we automatically assume that, like, you know, the next thing out from a studio or a person will be, like, X2, X3, yeah. whatever, you know, like Final yeah. Fantasy 15 or whatever. But, like, people who make movies and albums don't necessarily feel this need to repeat themselves. And I think this is part of the exactly. art, artistic vibe of, of, exactly. the, of, yeah. of the people who made this game. Uh, Matsura was like, basically, we did Parappa, let's do something new. It was no like, oh, let's cash in on this, because like I said, he's an artist. Not and instead like... of doing rap, he wanted to do rock. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, the uh, the same idea is not as immediate as the whole rap, you know, respond thing, but it, it works mm-hmm. amazingly in this game. What's great um, about it, I think, is that it, not that, I mean, obviously rap is also a very diverse set of music musicalities but like they just take down like not take down or whatever you want to say like genre by genre yeah like rock music level by level they just like go and uh, Uh, attack a genre for each level and it's fantastic it is great and i do want to mention that 
this game is like super progressive in terms of women in games. I, I don't. It barely gets mentioned when people write about strong female characters in games because this game is uh, the main character is a woman. She is not concerned with getting a boyfriend. There's no like even whiff of a love interest. It's all about I want to I want to be good at what I do, which is to be I a wanna, musician. Which was like yeah. I mean, in the '90s, obviously. Yeah. I mean, if we're gonna like talk about 90s culture like there was this 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 undercurrent of like women taking rock on Wait, is lammy a riot girl <laughs> she's not exactly a riot girl that's so, true yeah. i mean the thing is like you can't really pigeon yeah no, she's not exactly a riot girl but i mean yeah it was it was it was au courant if you want to say about, yeah, like, yeah of what was going on in the 90s and uh it's very cool that way yeah i mean uh, like she wasn't sexualized as much as you could sexualize a rodney green black character i mean she was just well, very yeah. just like <laughs> I feel like this is such a healthy portrayal of a female character, and it barely gets mentioned in the game. And like, all most of the characters are women, at least in the band. Milk Can is a, a female band. Yeah, an all female band. With it's like friggin- super awesome drummer with dynamite in her head. Yeah, yeah. It's like they were the breeders of the uh, yeah Green, Greenblatt universe. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I feel that's going back to it now, especially with all these conversations we have about sexism in games and stuff. It's just like, wow, this game is so progressive, and it came out in '99. Yeah, there's a couple ways to take that pregnancy stage. Huh? That is true. That is true. <laughs> I feel like Lamy was fighting against the uh, status quo there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what else do we want to talk about? So like Christian said, uh, Parappa dealt with different styles of hip-hop. Lamy, Lamy takes on different styles of rock. And um, each master that you, I guess, you, you defeat, not really, you finish, you finish their song. And what they do is they give you a way to modify the way your guitar sounds. They give you pedals. Yeah, if you yeah. Play, anyone plays guitar or watches guitarists or whatever, they give you pedals. And then mm-hmm. when you're playing the game, you can switch the pedals with the select button, I think. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and there are five different effects, I think. Like, yeah. uh, ranging from reverb to distortion. Stage. Oh, yeah. And, and they're, uh, they're really, really well recreated. Yeah, well. yeah. I love the distortion uh, pedal because it just makes everything sound really nice and crunchy. And, man, that plays... In 90s. Yeah, in 90s. Because distortion pedal was 90s best friend oh yeah yeah hell yeah <laughs> so like we were talking about before it's an incredibly technically proficient playstation game i'd say up there with like vagrant story just like yeah, the yeah, amount yeah. of things happening in this game the the, the mm. demands that are placed upon this game that it executes on a playstation are amazing they really show also the like you know if we talk about parappa being simple visuals to an extent which it is like it showed like the extent to which they could take like the parappa visual language and yeah. make it look beautiful it does i mean uh going from one game to the next like parappa there are a lot of signs in the background that look like they're made with like the ms paint spray paint tool (laughs) this game there is so much detail put in everything from the from the gui the user interface it's all like chocolate bar themed yeah uh each stage has its own individual loading screens like unique loading screens there's like there's so much attention to detail in this game you could tell that they loved every second of making this game or at least they're pretending to because well they loved every second of what they were doing yeah exactly what they were they love what they were creating so intensely that they they were focused on it they may have also loved their bigger budget that too yeah, that's i'm right. sure they got sure. and they had lots of time to make this game too and like even the full motion videos are better because they're no longer limited to a tiny box in the screen i have no idea why the original prep did that but yeah. um in this game they're full screen and there's just so much detail in every frame they're like inside jokes flying by like at a, in a second there's just all these little hidden background details you can see characters that show up later and earlier in the game and it's just like and the story is really simple but basically lammy getting from point a to point b and between those points, she she encounters all these situations that um, demand she either play guitar or use something as a guitar. So, <laughs> yes, uh, Christian, like fire we can talk more about that. Why don't you talk about the stages in this game and how they're different than Parappa and like the situations that Lamy finds herself in? Well, I mean, the game is based around like like we we're I was talking about a little bit earlier. It's based around kind of her anxiety and overcoming her anxiety. Yeah, and finding that she can improvise and successfully make her way through difficult situations, like. Like I just alluded to, she, you know, there's a fire hose she uses as a guitar because there's like a burning building. Right, right. And um, 
She, I mean, like, you know, Parappa learns to, uh, to drive a car, she learns to fly a plane. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they really, they, they, there's like a direct corollary there. That's my favorite stage, by oh, the way. Oh, it's the, great. Oh, yeah. my God. Because the crazy vocals of the, of the pilot and the music is so good. I used to actually nod my head along to the music, like a yeah. little mini 90s headbanger. Well, I mean, I they're headbanging in the, in the game, yeah, too. So, but, uh, Christian, that's an example of just how these levels got so much better, because... On the top half of the half of the screen, you see Lammy and the instructor in this plane stage. At the bottom half, you see the plane. Mm-hmm. And depending on how you're doing the plane, either well, the plane oh, climbs yeah. and falls based on the beat. But if you're sucking, the plane just co- starts going down. And if you lose, it crashes. Yeah, it does. So, <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, I guess we could do that in 1999. <laughs> and the other thing, I, I mean, this is just me, but like, so I talked about how I had like this super difficult time with Parappa. Like, I was super excited for it, but I could couldn't beat it. And like, I couldn't beat it. I never did beat it until like I got so into Lammy. Uh-huh. I got all cools and like the other thing we haven't talked about is that the Japanese version had different had a di- it was a bit different than the US version oh um, outside of the the hell stage the hell changed? stage yeah. yeah the hell stage being changed yeah that was a weird change okay because at some point in Lammy's adventure in the Japanese version she runs from one place to another and gets hit by a truck or something mm. and wakes up in hell and she's got to play to get out yeah she basically has to, like the, 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 yeah it's typically sort of thing you know almost like bill and teddish or something like yeah that's what it felt like the bogus journey style <laughs> she uh she asked it if she if she's successful enough in hell and gets all everyone in hell rocking like they'll let her go right and that's where rammy is is introduced too is one of the coolest characters oh rammy's awesome you oh, also, barely see her and they also play into isn't that where they play into the uh somewhere in the game i can't remember that might be where they play into the flatness of the characters by having someone be faxed yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Lamy gets out of hell by being faxed. Yeah, uh, faxed out of hell. But they, they changed the hell stage to like sort of de-hellify it a bit in the U.S. version. They didn't really change the stage. They ch- they changed the means of how you got there. So instead of getting hit by a truck, Lamy is running out of the stage. Her belt gets caught on something, and she starts running, and it pulls her and pulls her until it snaps back. Oh, yeah. And she flies back through all the stages and lands on an island. And yeah, that's right. It was an island. It but wasn't there's, hell. There's still all kinds of. There, it still looks like it could take place in hell. There's yeah. like they didn't get, change the actually right. Yeah, the stage and the lyrics I believe are the same. Um, Chop Chop Master Onion makes a reference to it. You can play in an island, you'll come far. In yeah. the original game, he says you can play in hell, you'll come far. And the funny thing mm-hmm. is, so because of this, I have both versions of the game, and because I loved it so much, I played through both versions of the game until I had cool on stages all of them in both versions yeah there's no real reason to do that and then i saved my replays on the memory card for both versions of my cool plays that i don't know totally i love the game so goddamn much it is good uh and there's so much content in the game like we mentioned prappa is not even visible in the cover art he's not mentioned anywhere but guess what guys when you beat the game as lammy you get all new remixes of every stage except for the first one as Parappa. And yeah. there's no reason for Parappa to be in those situations. They don't justify <laughs> that. But the songs are all like completely different. You play them differently. Yeah, um, they, they turn from rock into hip-hop. Yeah, and it's so amazing. Yeah, like, there's an entirely second game hidden in that game. And it's not even advertised at all. Mm-hmm. Like, As much as I don't like cynical marketing, I really wish this would have been like, Parappa 2, Lammy's Adventure or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah it would have helped. Like, or like at least include a, a, a like a bullet point on the box like play as Parappa. Well, you know, or like use to use the language of, of, of music marketing. You know, like I'm Jeremy Lamy featuring Parappa the yeah, rapper. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, like it seemed like they were so committed to this new character. Yeah. They're like, we're done with Parappa. That was something we did and had fun with. But now it's Lamy. But yeah, and that is what really gets me. Like, there's so much game here compared to Parappa one. It's like twice. Well, the you game. didn't even talk about the versus mode. That's right. Let's get to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Christian, please. So much. Well, okay, so. I love the versus mode in this game. You would play, and like, okay, if you have unlocked everything, you'd have all the pedals, you'd have, you know, your ability to play, you'd, you'd trade lines back and forth, and I can't remember, you're graded or 
on it. I can't remember exactly how it scored. In versus mode? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, your score is compared to your enemy's score. At the end of the... Um, I, think, I, think it's, I think it goes verse by verse, but I could okay. be wrong. I only played co-op because I didn't have a second player when I was doing research. I played it a bunch with Nick Maragos, actually, ah, when he was... Friend uh, of the show? Yeah, I figured <laughs> he must be known to some of the people here. Uh, like, when he... He was a huge fan of the game, too. And, um, like, and he's a huge music fan. And uh, when he came out in 2000, he was an intern at Gamers.com. And uh, we used to sit around and, and play versus Lammy so much that people like finally told us like, "Will you please stop?" <laughs> yeah, it's like my, I thought milk was pink. What does that mean? Get out of here! Uh, yeah, but the cool thing, Christian, about that is like, so you can do co-op. So you can do Lammy and Rammy together co-op, or Lammy and Parappa co-op. And you can do oh, yeah. Lammy versus Rammy versus and, and Lammy versus Parappa versus. But what happens when you're playing with Parappa is the song will switch flawlessly to the rap version. Yes. Like it'll it'll do Lammy's verse and then Parappa's verse and it goes back and forth like super like it, it, we wasn't did Lammy Rammy because it's like very well compared you right know what I mean? right but like yeah no that's the, the technology it's gonna sound a bit silly but like it's it's totally true like I think people forget that like technology exists beyond graphics but like the technology of like how it processed music and and yeah and made music work is like a lot more robust than yeah music, just like about. hearing it, that song switch back between rap and rock was just like wow i can't believe they did this so convincingly in 99 i'm sure they could do it better today but man they were really working that playstation to the bone um so what else is there to talk about i guess uh you mentioned getting cool in a lot of stages uh christian and sorry jeremy and ray we're having our own like uh, sorry yeah please lammy loving over here so please jump in and stop I guess. us no, it's if okay. you get embarrassing I, i've never actually played on jammer lammy because oh i was so God. bad at parappa and you should uh, give it a everyone try. said lammy was even harder so i just said ah forget it, it i mean i don't great. Have... i love the the concepts behind it it seems really fun but i just i recognize my human limitations I still have terrible rhythm, and yet I I don't know if it's because I was so like I don't know if it's because I was so into it or because like the t style of the music like fit very well with my yeah, taste yeah. or what like any combination of the above, because like like it wasn't until Theatrhythm Final Fantasy came out uh, where I was actually able to play like a rhythm game that involved tapping dots at like anything like I'm talking hmm. about Rock Band or Guitar yeah. Hero like I was able to play above like loser level baby level so yeah i would say <laughs> give, level. give uh give lammy a chance i think one thing lammy has for it is it's a more difficult game but the the way you play it it's it's easier to learn i think because with the choppy voices the way you perhaps voice yes. is chopped up yes it can make it easy to get lost in the rhythm but with lammy it's just it's a note on a guitar so it's yeah, always going to sound the same it's not ever going to sound awkward yeah. and it's really easy like i love doing getting cool in lammy because you can freestyle and you can actually make things sound good when you freestyle it's not like yeah. crap going you know off on his own like little weird uh adventure with words i yeah. used to play co-op with shane bettenhausen also another big retronauts person because we lived together because uh, lammy came out in 99 like you said and like we were living together in 2000 and we were believe it or not kids we were playing a lot of um jammer lammy in 2000, <laughs> and like we were like we would play co-op and we would get up to cool and we'd have like freestyle like rock bat like not battles but you know what i mean like we'd show off trying to improvise yeah it's like, so much fun it's so good and there's also a namco uh arcade version that i would kill to yeah, play i've I was never played say. it i've never seen it. i'm sure it was a japan only yeah, yeah Rake, have course. you seen it anywhere have you ever tried not it? in person but yeah it's it was basically just like the uh like uh 
the hell's the Konami guitar one? Guitar Freaks? Guitar Freaks, yeah. yeah. Just be, you know, big big uh, fake guitars that you play with. God, uh, I want to play it so bad. And one Speaking la- of oh, Lammy guitars, you know that... Um, oh, yes. Uh, Fernandez? Uh, that's the guitar company. Yeah, it's, I sound. Of course, it doesn't sound Japanese, but it is Fernandez. Oh, weird. Okay. I think it was bought. I think it was originally uh, Hispanic. I, don't know, I think Mexican uh, company, but it was bought by Japan in the '90s or in the '80s when Japan was buying everything. And um, there are two promotional Lamy guitars. Oh, I know. <laughs> Dan Amrick, if anyone knows who Dan Amrick is, he's one of Swords. He's a uh, yeah, he's yeah. an Activision community guy. He owns both of them. One is a got a built-in speaker, so you can play it. By you know by itself, it's got like a milk can artwork, Lamy artwork all over it. The other one is actually a replica guitar of Lamy's guitar from the game. Like looks exactly like a cartoony <laughs> yellow yeah. guitar, and it is pretty much the coolest thing. It's also worth about a grand, I think, right now on eBay. If I ever come into money, I'm, yeah. I'm getting that. Would that would be the kind of thing I would buy and like hang in my gaming room wall. Yeah, like a, like, like, a, like a Marlin. God, it would be. Uh, it would That's be less expensive than I would have ever thought. Honestly, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, me too. Like I was surprised. Like, I think there's a limited audience. Uh, yeah, but, uh, it's, like, I guess. it's yeah. It's, I don't know, like, yeah, I mean, it's sort of, this kind of stuff sort of goes to the, 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 the money that Sony was swimming in in the late, by the late 90s, I think this game sort of in a way uh, is an emblem of that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I want, I'm sorry, I want to bring up one last thing and that's this game launched with a release party featuring live performances in New York. And I remember streaming this via real player through the gaming intelligence agency and watching All this music I hadn't even heard yet being performed by real, like, all the real musicians and stuff like that. And I believe that's where uh, that that guitar was um, won at this this, this event. I'm pretty sure that's where this happened. But um, like you said, uh, Christian, I wrote down, this is when game publishers had enough money to send people to New York for an Um Umjammer Lammy party. It's like, (laughs) I would have killed to have been born 10 years earlier. I could have been there. This is right before I was... You know, this is right before I was doing this kind of crap and right. going to going to these things. And yeah, man. Like I know, I know. I think I read like Jeff Gertzman's uh, like a write up of this event. I'm like, Jeff, yeah. I need to talk to you about this. <laughs> We're not friends, but uh, you experienced something I would love to. Salt and pepper. guys. We got no extra. You watch the grill, control the flame, guys. Follow the rules. Stay productive and wise and cook those burgers. Cook those burgers. Turn the party over. Turn the party over. Hey, come on and watch them fries. I'm not watching them fries. Better execute sooner. Better execute sooner. Bring on the ketchup. Bring on the ketchup. Don't forget the cheese. Don't forget the cheese. Bring on the mustard. Bring on the mustard. Handle it with ease. Handle it with ease. Burgers, burgers, it's all we have in mind. We cook the best taste better than mine. Now put it on the tray. Is it for you or to go? Any which way it tastes good, you know. So let's move on to our final game for today, and we're not going to be talking as much about this one because it's far less notable. It's Parappa the Rapper Two, the sad attempt to uh, to bring people what they wanted. Later, exactly. Later. And there are a lot of things going off with this game, but we'll, let's talk about some preliminary information first. It came out in August of 2001 in Japan, and January of 02 in the United States. And um, this is my interpretation. Feel free to disagree with me. Oh, um, it's for the PlayStation Two. This is. Oh yeah, PS2. If it's not obvious to people who. Yeah. Yeah. Don't remember the dates. Right. Um, so this is my interpretation of why this game wasn't as good as it could have been. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much that the idea wasn't as fresh as it was. While that was true, I don't think that that was the deciding factor in why this was not a, was not a good game. I think it's more a bad game because the design is very, very compromised. Um, Lamy and Parappa were games to sort of master and experiment with, while Parappa 2 is sort of like very prescriptive in how you should play it. It really becomes the Simon Says game like the, the older ones were accused of being, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, um, I remember when I bought this game, 
I, I finished every stage in one go. Like, yeah, I, 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 it was so easy. I waited for it to get down. I bought it for. I remember buying it for like eight dollars at a at, at a EB. Oh you god, know, I EB. bought it for like fifty five dollars. Yeah, it was like, paid full price. Yeah. I knew it wasn't going to be good, and uh, and it wasn't really what I wanted because I was such a Lammy fan that I was like sort of irritated that like you know it wasn't going to be Lammy focused or both yeah. at least I mean I'm not saying I had anything wrong with Parappa but like it could have been both it could you know what I mean it, yeah it, we will get to Lammy's horrible mistreatment in this game in a yes, second but yes. one of the major things uh, one of the major ways this game is compromised is that there is an unskippable I mean it's skippable but it still eats up time so before you start every stage this anthropomorphic beatbox called Boxy Boy shows up he's like hey Parappa you're about to play a video game and it, and it like yeah. he basically walks you through the beat um, you can yeah. skip this, but you can't skip him like zooming up to the screen and Not zooming away. The preloading and the postloading, I think, also maybe. Yeah. Like, so like, like, no matter how many times you play these stages, this 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 moron shows up <laughs> to to patronize you. It's yeah. just like, I play, let's try. Yeah. Tink, tonk, tink. Yeah. Like, Basically, yeah, and he's yeah. like, he just he's there to reassure you. But from what I've heard about this game, it's sort of like a reaction to the negative sales of um or the poor sales of Jammer Lammy. They didn't sell negative copies, by the way. <laughs> I, I bought one at least. I think they were maybe overcompensating. Like, Lamy was too hard. It wasn't immediate enough for people, so let's make sure everyone is on board. And that is where Boxy Boy shows up. He's just there to make sure you you know what you're doing. But, like, I know what I'm doing, guys. I played your game so much before. So uh, there yeah. there are eight stages in this game, more than Parappa, but still way less than Lamy. Um, not as much content. It feels like their heart wasn't really in this game as much as it was with Lamy. I imagine it was an. I imagine also a case of like you know. I mean, I can't speak to Masai Matsuda's like decision making process, but I imagine one of those things like where like you know, Sony's like, we have a bunch of money, make this game. Why don't you? You know what I mean? He was like, I guess. Yeah, right. sure. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, with the way Lammy was marketed and turned out, not turned out, but turned out, it felt like they had no regard for you know. Uh, making a Parappa sequel at all. It's just like, it's, we want to do something new all the time. It but feels very, very sellouty. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So, uh, like I mean, many 90s bands in the 2000s. As That's a matter of fact, Weezer, what? <laughs> well, as, as a matter of fact, I just reminded myself that they came out with that Japanese demo of it, which was uh, like a McDonald's version of Stage 1. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, I gotta cut that in here if I can find it. No, I don't think it changed the music, but the oh, graphics are okay. all McDonald's. I thought it would be like uh, Ronald McDonald floating around yeah. instead of the beard no. guy. Okay. So I do want to talk about the story because uh, Parappa's story is like sort of like a lot of vignettes about, you know, growing up and, you know, finding love and whatnot. And, and Lammy's story is just like, I gotta get to a concert. Parappa 2's story is like mm. way contrived. Like, yeah. Let me let me just break this down for you guys. So Parappa, it starts with Parappa. He's won a lifetime supply of noodles for some reason. So he's just been eating a lot of noodles and he can't stand to look at noodles anymore. But everywhere he goes, food is being transformed into noodles by this like weird militaristic cabal, like this weird like pro-noodle organization. Um, and the game has this really bizarre climax where all the pro-noodle anti-noodle forces clash in like this militaristic assault. Yes. It's it's way dark for a Parappa game. And um and there's also this this really weak like through line of Parappa wanting Sunny Funny to think of him as more than a baby because she offhandedly calls him a baby once and he's he's like he's just like so fixated on that he's like I'm not a baby I swear so it's just like it feels just really um it's it's really overwritten and it's just really weak oh like, yeah Parappa's like, descent into madness true yeah it feels like there should not be this much story here because for having that was a PS2 thing I like guess that, so, I mean yeah. in general I think that was like a thing where. Game like oh we have a DVD now let's fucking do it up yeah like, yeah you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah, in this game big, like the big battle at the end like that, that's kind of ahead of its time that's every Hollywood movie now it's like take a fairy tale and then yeah. for some reason there has to be a huge Lord of the Rings style army clash at the end 
Parappa too. Yeah. He's yeah. innovative, man. He's the man, man of steel of its and, day. Uh, and Andy Circus performed all Parappa's dance moves. So, no, that's a lie. It's a lie, everybody. Yeah, but even with the way, way too big story, um, this game still spins its wheels a lot. Like, two levels are spent in Parappa's living room. Uh, <laughs> that's right. One when you're normal size, one when you're sh- yeah. when you're shrunken, because Parappa's well. dad is, a, is an inventor for some reason. Again, t- this, this story is way overwritten. Yeah. So Parappa's dad is like an inventor. Yeah. He invents a shrink ray. Parappa comes home with... Um, his friend, they watch a show on TV. That's one level. The next level, they're shrunken too. You have to like make yourself grow. That's another level. So even though this huge story is going on, like twenty percent of the game, you're in his living room. Yeah, and that's I, not even original. No, like, no, that's, honey, I shrunk the kids. Exactly. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks so especially much. with the ants. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So what else can we say? Um, I could say you. I actually saw this it, in your show notes, and I was so excited. Someone else knows this. Katie Cat has a different voice. Yeah, it's terrible. it sounds like Miss Piggy. It's like I have rapper. Let's. Like, Katie God. Cat is super cool, and I'm I'm 99% sure Katie Cat's uh, actress was African American. I think so too. In, yeah. In in in, in, uh, in I'm generally which was cool, like cool and and I don't know nice and you know it felt like like to me it's it's of outsize importance I guess maybe like yeah. I thought it was super cool that the band was multicultural and multi ethnic and like you know yeah I mean Katie Cat had her shit together she was the one who was like we can do this she was the one like that sort of was like true yes. not a mentor she figure was but talking up she was yeah. encouraging Lammy yeah she was confident super cool character and then in in in, in Lamb in Parappa two like, like yeah I was super I remember I was playing and like I knew there was gonna be like a Lammy stage and I was waiting for it oh god don't give what me a letdown Let, let's get to that okay Lammy is so mistreated in this game she's basically a glorified extra like she get it's, it's still the original actress uh, who does a great performance in the last game I should have mentioned she's I don't know if she's a professional actress but she does a really good performance for Lammy it's like super endearing I love the voice but in this game she's a glorified extra she gets a few lines in the background and there's this really horrible moment where she's totally screwed over like. She does the whole my guitars in my mind shtick, but and you think the level's gonna be a, a Lammy level? But you it's know what we didn't talk level. about? This is amazing. Oh, I just realized it's like I gotta believe. Like that is the Parappa motto. We yeah, we're talking yeah. about that, and then. You know, my guitar is in my mind. That's the Lammy model. Also, so. Dojo Casino, it's all in the mind, yeah. which is like a weird, like just believe in yourself sort of. But thing. Yeah, but yeah, it's like yeah, that's the whole thing. Like the the positivity you're talking about. You know, I gotta believe that is the Parappa slogan. That's like the the ethos. You know what right, I mean? That's, right. that's what they're trying to to communicate to people. Yeah, but with Lammy, like like I said, I don't know if they were just ha- like she was a scapegoat for their for their failure with the game or whatever. But I feel like she is mistreated intentionally. Like that's the joke. Because she plays mm. such a small part in this game, I really wanted to see more of her. I, I really wanted there, be, there to be like a Lammy stage, like Lammy and Parappa together doing something. Um, because if you do Lammy and Parappa in the last stage of Lammy, it's really great. Like they go back and forth, and the song is great. But no such thing here. Um, so I guess a few more things. I'm babbling. Go ahead, Ray. No, I just don't. I was gonna say I don't think maybe that was entirely the point. Maybe it just was like a time constraint sort of thing. It could be. I just feel like she should have had a bigger role. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Well, I mean, yeah. like if you think about it, they could have done what they did with. Lammy in reverse. They could have had a mode where you played yeah. every song. Oh my yeah. god! You know, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, there was no reason except like I think they just made this game to because Sony said make this game. Yeah, you I was know? kind. Of, I was kind of half expecting that to happen, but I knew it wouldn't. You know, it's just like okay, Lammy stages are next, right? Oh, of course not. Mm. No. This happens every time. You know, console transitions. Like I don't know how much we're going to see it this time because things have changed a lot. But it used to be this thing like. The next console comes out. Let's re- let's make new versions of all the games that you liked from the only Nintendo. I guess really does this anymore. So yeah, much, but yeah. like you know, and it was a thing. And like you know, of course, the PS2 was the era of like where a lot of that became irrelevant, or like you know, the, the PS2 versions of of the of the franchises didn't turn out. You know what I mean to be 
what they were on the PS1, whatever. Right. I mean, well, this game, the graphics are really good looking in the stages themselves. Um, yeah. Well, unfortunately, the... Uh, I think the art sucks. The art sucks? Yeah. Oh, it's like, the it, way they're, like, shaded? I don't yeah, like that Yeah, it's like the much. airbrush shading. Is, yeah. They ruined it, in my opinion. I, I can get over that. I just like how everything moves a lot smoother, but I don't like yeah, the... That's true. I don't like the cutscenes because they're in Engine 2, which means they're very limited as to what they can do. So, like, mm. in Lammy, the cutscenes were crazy because mm. they were full motion video, so she can be, like, zipping around from place to place without any regard to, well, we need to load this area first or whatever. Mm. So they're very... They're very constrained they feel like very limited in Parappa 2 which I don't like maybe that's why I was in his living room that's true yeah. it's like we got to spend the next five minutes loading the rest of the world so hang out here for a bit mm. uh, just a few more things about this game and I don't want to go too too into it because I don't like it very much I did just play through it recently and one of the things I hate about this game and Christian I don't know if you experienced <laughs> it and sorry if I'm talking too fast I'm way caffeinated today but the mechanics are bad because okay i don't christian you're probably the same way you can jump into parappa and lammy and get cool like within five seconds of any stage right because you played these games well so yeah much. with lammy there was a point where like i actually was because i wanted to hear the original version of the music i'd have to like forcibly resist getting cools like i had to detrain myself from getting cool <laughs> right <laughs> that game uh you will not have the same luck with this game because i don't know how it, i don't know how it works okay uh so finishing the stages gradually unlocks these these three meters that sit at the bottom of your screen these meters are not explained at all within the game yeah and and the feedback they give you is useless i mean like I'm like awesome at Lammy, I'm awesome at Parappa. I can't get cool on one stage in this game because I don't know how to do it. Like, I, there's no documentation for how to do this. I don't even know if it's. I mean, I know it's possible, but I don't know how to do it. And I feel like if I mastered Lammy and Parappa, I should be able to get cool in stage one of Parappa too. So I feel like they're they really... probably were trying to stop people. Yeah, yeah, that. and but they they went overboard. Yeah, like there are these there are these undefined guidelines for rapping cool. So like because like people I know like you know they they, they pick up like you know whatever new guitar hero rock band or whatever. I mean, get not new these days, but right, you know, they, right, they right. jump right in and play on expert and like perfect a song because they're just so good at the game now. You know, what yeah, I mean? they're, yeah. Just, they're trying to probably avoid that kind of scenario. So this yeah, this game has like, these really strict arbitrary guidelines. I still don't understand. Like even in the first stage, like I was playing it recently, like a few days ago, and just like the first stage should be the easiest one to to get cool on, like immediately. But you're like punished for improvising. It feels like because I don't. I don't know these guidelines. They're not communicated to me at all, and I don't understand why they made this decision. It's such a bad it's just, idea. I think it's just a tighter restriction on how you uh, treat the verses. Like huh. things have to be a more cohesive uh, language-wise. Okay, and you still have to like you know yeah rap in a way that makes sense. In and that it, case, it seems too complicated to do in the moment. Yeah, no, so, yeah, because Parappa, you would basically like get to this point where you're cutting up his vocals into a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, you know and like mean? you can't. Yeah, you do kind of the same thing, but. I, I don't know. It seems more just cohesive as far as, you know, sentence structure. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. can be done. I mean, there are videos on there of guys just going crazy. On I have to watch. I, I yeah. should have watched those, but it's just and like crap it too. Yeah. It was beyond me. It actually improves the music in my opinion. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if, if you're out there on uh, on our message board or not message board, sorry, but our, in our comments or Facebook, please let me know how to get cool in this game because I, it's, it's eluded me for the past decade, but uh, right. You brought up the music. Not as good as the stuff in Lammy. There are still some highlights to it, I would say. Um, there are a few really good songs I, there. I, 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 I came away from it just only liking Stage 1. Basically. Stage 1 is really yeah. good. It's like a disco-y uh, yeah. thing where the ghost of Dave Thomas like makes burgers with yeah. you. I've and, only played it once, and I don't remember... Okay. That that is my yeah. that is basically how I feel about There's it. There's the final stage. That's like the other final stages, you know, the big right, concert. Right. And that's good, too, but yeah, otherwise... I do like, uh, there's an, sort of an 8-bit remix stage before 8-bit remix music was a thing, like a popular thing, you yeah. know? And I, I sort of like that, but um, I understand what you're saying, right? It's not as memorable. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's just sort of like, most of it is, you know, I could take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. But there are a few highlights, like the first stage, and I, I think the, um, God, the, the hairdresser stage is pretty good, and um, the 8-bit remix stage isn't bad either. Yeah. 
And the, the scene with Chop Chop has pretty uh, funny uh, lyrics. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I should mention, like, Chop Chop Onion has, like, a weird um, story going throughout these games. So in the first game, he runs a dojo. Mm-hmm. And Lammy, he loses his dojo, becomes, like, a vagrant, and becomes really stinky, I guess. <laughs> but his, his mantra is, you know, Dojo Casino, it's all in the mind. Like, I don't need my dojo to be happy. I can exist without it. And then in this game, he's now, like, a like sort of a love guru who runs, like, a, a TV show where he explains, like romantic fighting styles so (laughs) there's a really i mean it's it's pretty funny it's like parappa and his friends sort of like doing like love moves on each other yeah while watching this tv show that's one of the stages it's it's pretty amazing but um i'll give it that yeah that's one of the more memorable scenes but um not much more to say about this game this sort of killed parappa forever that in the anime which no one really cared (laughs) about yeah um yeah yeah. i think in japan they just reach a saturation point with like too much character goods and crap also, yeah it's like, just like our landfills are, are like it. full to capacity please yeah don't please don't, don't make any more prep i have a tiny little stuffed lammy uh that uh che chow gave me oh when man he, went to, he came back from taiwan one time when we were working together and i have this it's not really it's like two inches tall but uh, it's on a little string and i have it hanging up I know uh, Sony sold milk can shirts for a while, but I didn't order one before they went out of stock. But I, I have I, the Parappa hat. I got one of those too. They, yeah. I got it like in 2001. I think they were selling them at the Metreon until the. Uh, I have the, the 90s down. one, and the Metreon one's different. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, okay. They, they had More a mail orange. order. Yeah, the, the Metreon one's orange. When we say Metreon, we mean the mall in San Francisco that actually had a PlayStation store yeah. in it that yeah. no longer does. I was oh, you mean Target. <laughs> yeah, I mean Target yeah. now. Uh, but uh, it, it's uh, there used to be a PlayStation store for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, yeah, in the 90s, like when Parappa 1 came out, you could order the hat yeah, from Sony directly, mail mm-hmm. order. My friend did, and then he was like, I'm too embarrassed to wear this. Do you want it? I'm like, <laughs> hell yes. I still yeah. have mine. I was going to wear it here, but yeah, I, I forgot. Have, I yeah, have mine too. too. God. Cool. We could have all been sitting here it. wearing Parappa hats. <laughs> Would have been a weird cult. None of us remembered. <laughs> yeah. Casino here, casino there, casino in my chair. Shirley, pretty honey, I love you so. If I had the money, it would be yours. So, well, we have a few minutes left, like 10 minutes left. Let's talk about um, sort of games that popped up in the wake of Parappa. I will talk about the weirdest one. I'll get this out of the way. But it's, Go for it. It's funny because, I guess to intro, I don't know if I'm stealing your thunder, but like, this became a thing for a while. Like, artistic Japanese rhythm games. Story-based ones. Yeah, as well, yeah. with cool yeah. original art and, and aesthetics. But like, the weirdest one I can bring up, which I've, I, except for I know Shane's played it because he lived with me. Uh, because what the, you know, like what, uh, the, the PlayStation does, the Saturn has to sort of try to do sometimes. There's a really bad Japan only Saturn Parappa style rhythm game called Jung Rhythm. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, it is really weird. I played it a lot. It's not very good. Uh, it stars a girl named Vanilla who is, um, first of all, unlike Parappa, it's entirely in Japanese. Okay. The songs and the spoken dialogue. Uh... It's just, the music's crappy. I would really recommend checking it out on YouTube. It's crappy in a fun way, but it is. It actually allows you, the one thing they didn't put a limitation on is, I don't know if it's because the Saturn had really good sound hardware, which it actually did at the time. Right, right, yeah. Like, you can basically just jam on the button as much as you want, and it'll <laughs> just keep playing the uh, the sam- the voice samples of, the, of her, not exactly rapping, but singing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, 
as much as you want and like as frequently as you want. So it's very so different. It's a good way to annoy your roommates. But yeah. uh, it actually had fairly sophisticated rhythm detection in terms of the improvisation because it has the same system. Basically, it's not called cool, but like it does exactly the same. Right, thing. right. Like, you yeah. go downward or upward. The hmm. scale of failure <laughs> or success, and um, I wouldn't. If, I mean, okay, if if you're the kind of person who has a Saturn, you like rhythm games with stories like of course uh, you can buy this for like ten dollars on ebay or something yeah, so yeah. go ahead i wouldn't dissuade anyone from buying it in like a realistic sense because anyone who might <laughs> care will find it worth their while but i wouldn't say go out of your way to find it because it's it's not yeah not and if, if you can't afford it don't have a saturn we'll post videos in, on the blog post for this episode but what i wanted to bring up is uh vib ribbon which i'm oh, sure yeah, you're gonna get to that's also by nana Ansha. now nana Ansha makes a lot of tamagotchi games to pay the bills but they also have been making music games since Parappa, and this is sort of their post-Lammy game, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, I've I played all... the crap out of it. I never got to play it, but it starts this, like, ve- vector-based... People called it the Crack Rabbit at the time. I don't know if they still do, but <laughs> it's this, this vector-based rabbit. He walks down a path, and the path is generated by music. Yeah, the thing about it is really interesting. Okay, so it's... I feel like there's other games that are much like this now. It's kind of, like, honestly, sort of... It's almost like Runner, like, you know, the Gaijin games. <laughs> yeah. uh, guys games, almost. It's It's... Basically, there's like it's 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 actually a line. It's what's called vib ribbon. Um, uh, the rabbit is called vibri, by the way. Uh, you the game has I think four or five music tracks of its own that are all really great. They're yeah. by a group called Laugh and Peace, and I'll insert one of them here. They're really weird, interesting J-pop. Uh, like, really, I'm sure Masaya Matsuda had some hand in it because it's not, you know, it's not garbage music. It's good music. And, yeah, uh, yeah. But, like, um, there's, like, basically the buttons on the PlayStation controller correspond to shapes that come in the levels, and you have to hit them in time with the rhythm, and then there's things later as the songs get harder. Like, it mixes up, like, multiple shapes together, so you have to hit two buttons at the same time. Mm-hmm. The shapes are running at different speeds, so, like, one will come at you fat. Like, it'll start from behind, but it'll eclipse the one that's in front of, and... And the yeah. cool thing about the game, and then one of the reasons I played it so much, is that like it was one of those PlayStation games. The PlayStation One, when you opened the lid, didn't stop working. Yeah. But most yeah. games uh, required to load more data periodically, so there are very few games you can actually pop the lid and like the the famous example is like at launch, Ridge Racer One mm-hmm. loaded the whole game into memory. You could actually take the CD out, put in some CD of your own, and it would just start loading the music tracks because it was uh, CD audio. And you could play Ridge Racer listening to your own music, but in a kind of a fucked up way because it was looking for the physical position of where yeah, the track started, so it would right. start in the middle of a song. <laughs> anyway, God, this is nerdy. No, that's, but, that's what we're here for. That's true. Uh, I used to do that. In fact, I used to post on Usenet about like what CD you would put in and like how to get to like a cool track. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but <Wow>. anyway, <laughs> still online. Such probably. a nerd. <laughs> Such a nerd. But this game had a, a follow up too. I didn't write it down. It's from Mojib Ribbon. But with Vib Ribbon, sorry to. Oh, go ahead. To, uh, this Two is follow-up. the point I was actually trying to make. Oh, go for it. <laughs> Is that you could put in a CD in Vibribbon and somehow it would analyze the difficulty of all the songs on the CD. Yeah. And then play right. the CD in a non-linear order from the original track order, progressively getting harder. Mm-hmm. And the thing I used to really do all the time with Vibribbon is I used to make mix CDs, uh, like mixtapes at the time, a lot. I would take one of my mix CDs, put it in 
Vibribbon and then try to play through the whole thing, uh, which I never could get to the end of a CD because Vibribbon gets really hard. Yeah, yeah. I've seen but lots of videos, but it's uh, I don't know. I feel like there should be a Steam re-release of this with I MP3 th- technology or whatever. I, w- I remember at the time, okay, first of all, one thing to note is Vibribbon actually came out in Europe, but not America. It came out in yeah, Japan Yeah, one of Europe, the few cases where it's like those dang Europeans who and get... every time yeah. I've been to Europe, well, not I mean, they don't sell PS1 games used anymore, really, yeah, but yeah. every time I went to Europe, like... Not that many times, but like England, I got to go to a couple times in the 2000s. I looked for it, couldn't find it. But um, there was this hope that, you know, they would do it as the music visualizer in the PS2. Like, we sort of had this, I don't know where this, this idea came from. It was just a fanboy thing we all, like, cooked up with absolutely no, you know, expectations of, you know, just people made it up. But this idea that they could build their ribbon into the PS2 because it was right around the edge of the generation and it would be a music visualizer. Didn't happen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there was a follow-up called Moja Ribbon, uh-huh. and uh, that was for the PS2, I believe. I don't know much about it. I think it was, like, based about I've uh, played it. calligraphy or something like that. Um, no, it's, it's kind of uh, rap and rhyme based, uh, but you use a weird sort of control setup to play it. Like, you have to, like, uh, flick this, yeah, this uh, Sumi ink brush up and down as you start verses and things like that. Um, it's not that bad, and apparently it could, like, support text files because it, it works in, like, a text-to-speech thing. So you could uh, somehow surreptitiously insert text files into the game, and then it would just like read those out and turn them into raps that way. But they have oh, to be weird. in Japanese, right? Uh, yeah, technically. Huh. Yeah, yeah. But yeah I, I barely know about it, but I know it's it, was, like, it was too Japanese for us. Probably. It's like Vocaloid in that. Yeah, it just yeah. reads the syllables. And then there was also a Vib Ripple, which is not a rhythm oh, game. But what is that? It's a. It's like Parappa to to Vib Ribbon. Oh just no! This crappy <laughs> PS2 sequel. It's not a rhythm game. It's just an awful action game. I picked it up last time I was in Japan for about 100 yen. Is that um, the one with like, something to do with photos, or was that something else? Yes, it's uh, vividly oh, now I know, yeah. jumping on trampolines of photos and basically summoning fruit creatures and things and collecting <laughs> those, course. and that's basically the entire game is where you just have to summon all the creatures and then you complete the stage. But you can also use your own JPEGs and things. So I don't want to linger too much on the related games, but had, yeah. did anyone ever play Bust a Groove? Yeah. Um, how, how is that? It was too ugly for me to want to play. It I just, just think it was ugly. It but... just looked ugly. Uh, the aesthetics, I think the aesthetics are terrible. I mean, at the time, I was very snide about it, so yeah, that's yeah. basically my... I still am. Hmm. I was in the 90s, I was even worse than I am now in terms of being <laughs> snide of and dismissive. So when I was a teenager, I was a real shit. So you can read all those posts on... Uh, you what? can't because you can't find them because they're under pseudonyms i don't use anymore oh okay so that's how it so, shall remain internet detectives get to work ruin christian's <laughs> reputation no but, please uh, don't do that we like christian uh but yeah um i don't know ray you can take it away if you enjoyed it because i don't yeah, know what to sure. say i mean it wasn't quite as rhythm based as parappa because you sort of like uh you perform these dance sequences but you kind of cue them up like you'll perform the basic um directions or whatever and then when the beat comes in to like the last button you need to press then you press it yeah, if I'm remembering this right at all, but there's a guy who just raps about food a lot. It was dance. Yeah. It was dance based and in very yeah, much of that like, yeah. like, like dancing like you'd see on MTV kind of dancing, not like yeah. cool uh, parappa like celebration of of cool culture, but like you know like people doing like you know dance routines kind of dancing. Yeah, just like the characters in the background of DDR. That's yeah. that kind of dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. So, last thing we want to mention is uh, sort of the spiritual follow-up to Parappa. I never played it. Major Minor's Majestic March, which gives you the ability to mm. be the drum major you've always wanted to be. Yeah, this is actually kind of funny. I, I believe that if you look on Gama Sutra, maybe you can link this, like Brandon Sheffield did an interview with Masaya Matsura about this game and what they're trying to attempt, but it, it was right. a, it was an outgrowth of the it's almost like it was yesterday 
when the Wii was like the major casual console, and <laughs> yeah. this, this idea that you could make games for everyone and play them on the Wii, and, and regular people would buy games, and it was it was it reunited Rodney Allen Greenblatt and uh, and Masaya Matsura, and it's but you it's, it's supposed to be for like, kids and families, so it's like marching band themed, right? And I've never played it. Uh, from what I hear, reading a lot of interviews, uh, Majesco was the publisher, and they really sort of compromised the original intent for the game. Um, I, from what I heard, development was pretty rough, and um, uh, Matsura and Greenblatt both sort of disowned this game just because it didn't turn out the way they wanted to, and I, I have a feeling it was because of the publisher. I just wonder why you would get back together, like, two of these cool people who, like, should totally be back together and then and then, and then fuck it up. But this happens all the time in yeah. entertainment, so I don't know. There's also, like, marching band music is not, like, this is not the late 1800s, you know? Yeah, no, uh, I, mean, I guess the mm-hmm. idea was that it would be something that like, kids could play. It's yeah. more in the, like, I don't know. And also the Wii remote is just so immediate, like, yeah. the uh, drum majorettes, uh, dr- or the drum majors, like, baton or whatever. Yeah. You probably didn't throw it in the air or, like, twirl it around, but... Uh, it was it was a metaphor that kind of makes sense, but thematically I don't think it's very uh, timely. Yeah. Did, did this game so, come out before oh. or after Wii music? I can't remember, but someone I be- should have learned oh, a lesson shit. from the other person. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a little bit after in the end. But it might have been. Who knows? It could have been yeah. dragging on. So uh, my final question, I had some final questions, but I think we, we talked a lot about sort of the place of Parappa. But um, I want to know, like, uh, can Parappa make a comeback and should he make a comeback? I feel like that character is sort of timeless, even though the 90s have come and gone. Hip-hop is always going to be a thing, as, as will rock, you know, in the future. But... Like I feel like like touch devices would be a good place for Parappa. Yeah. I, like I feel like there is a place for Parappa in this universe, and the crappy PS2 game should not have been the death of him. Like he should be a character again because I feel like, like I said, he was created in the late '90s, but he is like sort of a timeless, iconic figure for me at least. Um, what do you guys think about this? Let's well, start with Jeremy actually. Yeah, um, if it's okay for me to start, I think the character, yeah, like you said, and the music, those are definitely timeless. But I feel like the creative circumstances that led to the creation of Parappa the Rapper, you know, the game that we love, I don't know that those could actually be reproduced now. I think, you know... That is true, the culture has changed. Even if Matsura and Green Black got together and were like, let's do something amazing, I think the, the nature of the business has changed, and I don't think it's possible for people to just do this kind of freewheeling creative thing, you know, just anything goes, do something amazing, like... That's just not how the business works anymore. Publishers have so much control and are so terrified of doing anything that might alienate any kind of any part of the audience that they will yeah, that... steamroll things to this kind of flat, boring, safe sludge. That is that is, you know, at least packaged retail games, that's how they are made now. Maybe, I think maybe also... somewhere in the indie space or, you know, like you said, iOS, but I'm I'm just not optimistic. Yeah. Christian? Sorry, I didn't uh, so there's a couple things. Uh, I think, I mean, I totally agree. I think that, look, Sony's doing this doubling down on the gamer, right? Like uh-huh. this is the whole sales pitch for the PS4 and the gamer. Like if you think about what made like the PlayStation one and two in particular, like really awesome is that they actually had really diverse lineups. Like they mm-hmm. weren't super laser focused on like one kind of gamer, but now the gamer is like people who think Tomb Raider is actually not a piece of shit yeah. and like, <laughs> which it is. And, like, um, no, like, they're, the Sony's, I mean, okay, I can't totally, like, deride Sony. It's not like they all don't, like, they only fund entirely one kind of thing. Right, like, there's, like, Tokyo point Jungle to, and things can, like that. Yeah, you can put a media molecule, you can point to, like, they're, 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 they're funding the Chinese room now to make everybody's gone to the rapture. Like, Sony's not, like, this giant evil megaplex. Like, I actually feel like, they, they, they you know, that game company, you can point to all kinds of stuff, so... 
far be it for me to say Sony is entirely like one track minded, but yeah, they still I haven't killed the see... last Guardian, so there's some spirit of hope <laughs> with that company. I just I just don't see like what this game would like what a Parappa revival would mean to Sony or why they would care. Yeah, that's true. Um, I also think that like the audience, like I feel like this is a bigger conversation, but like you know, like the, the you know playing Journey or whatever is actually like not. Like, there's not this big audience of people who just like games like Journey or whatever on Sony platforms. What it is is, like, I am playing Shooty Man, and now I'll play Feels, like, for ten minutes, and now I'll go back to Shooty Man for a month. Wait, there's also Driving Man, right? But you know what I'm saying. It's like, so, I guess my point is, like, that's another way the market has changed. Like, there's not this diverse audience who picks up, like, like, the PS2, I feel like, and the PS1, like, there's, like, a bunch of different constituencies that, like mostly played their own kinds of games and then sometimes they crossed over and all played the same game but some, you know they went it ebbed and flowed and there were different kinds of people buying different kinds of games and that was totally possible because games didn't have to sell 5 million copies to break even back then right right yeah. so like yeah even a downloadable parappa doesn't make sense i also just to go back to kind of what jeremy was saying like why would Rodney on greenbat and like masaya matsura want to get together and make another Parappa. This isn't fucking, you know, like, Need for Speed. There doesn't need to be one every year. And, like, maybe they, you know, clearly Parappa 2 sort of illustrates this idea that maybe it was kind of That is true. Over. It was kind of, you know, out of out of gas. I guess instead of a, a return of Parappa, I should rephrase the question as, is like, a, a, like a, a third, or, sorry, a fourth kind of music game. You know, like how Lammy, they, they can make, a, like, a different instrument, a different... Yeah, like, I, I, I mean... I, I would, could take a Lammy too, you know? I would love to see... I mean, okay... Like, I'm not a, like for all this stuff. I'm sort of railing against console games. I don't like anything. I I'm not exactly like the biggest fan of like you know like mobile touch gaming either. Like uh, not that I th- I think it has a lot of potential, but I think a lot of the potential is unrealized. But I think that's like the place for this kind of experimentation. Not Onsha is actually its own company. You know what I mean? Like right, right. They, they can't exist. they can't use this IP. But like they don't need to. Like they're like Masaya Matsu is vibrantly creative. Like like I would what I would like to see is like you know we sort I sort of hoped that. Some of these big names of like the '90s, like you know, like Prope with Naka and other like independent mm-hmm. companies would like split off, and they're all making like independently making games. They would wow us with original stuff, and it didn't exactly happen. No, but I think that potential still exists. No, too many trends. How, how do you feel, Ray? Um, I, I think rather than talk about like platforms or whatnot, and I think we just need to f- figure out what genre treatment should be next, because uh, that's what Parappa and, La- and Lammy were. Yeah, and. You know, we have things now where... Uh, I would say marching band music is, sure. is, is, is the logical next <laughs> I step. love it. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> Bagpipes. Uh, all shapes, all sizes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, Parappa's hip-hop treatment kind of came f- from its time, you know, when there was big soap, you know, that sort of De La Soul kind of oh, yeah. feel mm-hmm. to things. And what is that now? Well, it's on TV and it's Yo Gabba Gabba, I'd say. Oh. Like, that's the yeah. modern treatment of Actually, it. Actually, I, thought, I thought about Yo Gabba Gabba. I yeah. feel like... Yo Gabba Gabba would have been like the that's what Major Minor should have been yeah. actually like the like a Yo Gabba Gabba ish kind of treat. God, was Rodney Greenblatt? Did he design those Yo Gabba Gabba characters? I don't think they so. look I don't like think so, it but is. it's so much part of that that kind of cool like all ages music culture. Yeah, thing. yeah, it's very. That's amazing, amazing comparison, yeah. right? So that, yeah, that's my point is that we just someone should find the 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 next genre or maybe just like a new approach to something like hip hop and just yeah. figure out how to make a good game out of that. I'm gonna I say. Think, I don't think platform matters necessarily. Yeah. Huh. These are all good things to think yeah. about. I guess uh, we're going to wrap up then unless anyone else has anything else to add. What about you? 
Uh, me, I think Parappa Three Kickstarter is in order. <laughs> uh, not necessarily Parappa Three, but like Lammy Two. I would I would sell most of my blood, a few arms and legs, and most of my internal organs for a new Lammy game. Yeah, I could just be a head on a pillow playing it with my tongue and be fine. You know, uh, that's what, now that's, that's what I an want. image. Yeah, but basically <laughs> the, the dismembered Howard Hughes of Lammy. <laughs> I gave it all, and you know what? It was worth it. So let's wrap. Oh God. Let's wrap up. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, and Twitch.tv as Retronauts. So bookmark, bookmark us all there. Follow us, uh, stalk us, do it as you wish. And please go to our blog at Retronauts.com. Every time we post an episode, we post all kinds of great notes about it. We'll tell you what music we use. We post videos that are relevant. We tell you, uh, we'll post links that are related to the, what we talk about. So it's a great place for supplemental information about these episodes themselves. So please go to Retronauts.com. Also, uh, we have a place for you to write great reviews for us in the iTunes Music Store. So if you haven't, and most of you have not, but that's cool, we'll forgive you. But if you haven't, please just pop on over there, give us a five-star review or whatever you feel we deserve, and write a small review. And we really appreciate it. That helps us be more visible to people who don't know about us. And there's too many people who don't know about us. I think you guys can agree, right? Yeah. Sure. More people Always. should know about Retronauts. You should be yeah. on the national... Uh, national pulse of the world uh so i don't know if that didn't make any sense but we should be a fox news talking point yes contact info i am bob servo on twitter you can also find my writing at something awful on us gamer and this is going to be way way after the fact but i recently wrote an av club article that kind of uh caught on a little bit it's about video game preservation it's called the turnerization of video games please check that out i'm really proud of it sorry to be a little boastful there <laughs> go That's ahead the point um, on Twitter, I am RDBAAA, and I know I say this a lot, but I think this time, maybe around the time this episode comes out, I'll have a new issue of uh, my magazine, Scroll. Uh, February-ish, let's say. But yeah, and Christian. So I am the blog director of Gamasutra. If you are not familiar with Gamasutra, it's a game industry-focused website for game developers rather than game players, but we welcome everyone to read. Uh, very thoughtful stuff there. Um... I also am on Twitter. My Twitter nick is Ferricide, F-E-R-R-I-C-I-D-E. And finally, I am a regular member of the Tiny Cartridge TinyCast um, podcast. That we, we do that most weeks. Um, and that's where we talk about any tiny cartridges that fit into your handheld gaming platforms. Nice. So mostly 3DS and Vita, if you like that kind of stuff. And Jeremy, please tell us where we can find you. I'm on the internet. As yeah, but, but on okay. <laughs> and at usgamer.net and at two-dimensions.com. Yay, thanks for joining us so much, you guys. This has been a great episode to do. I'm glad I finally did it, and we'll be back next week with a brand new pocket episode. And always remember, the guitar is in your mind. Later. Later.